Oh, so hey, man. So what's going on hey. with this fucking construction uh, in your backyard? Oh, it's a nightmare. They start at six thirty in the morning. Ugh, that's like that's like at least two hours before you get up. Yeah, just about. Uh-huh. This morning, I uh, yes, I I I've got a noise machine that I used to used to use sometimes, like when I would spend the night at my parents' house or in a hotel if I thought it was you know because right uh, yeah if I thought it was going to be noisy and sure. so it's a little cheap cheap one uh huh and uh, so I I plugged it in last night and put it on the bed and uh, so when the noise started at six thirty this morning I turned it on and. Um, it's loud and it pretty much masked all the sound most of the time. Okay, that's um, good. So that might work. I might look into um, some what do you call those things you stick in your ear? Earplugs and right. You know, I might look at look into getting a better uh, noise machine because I assume this construction is going to go on at least three or four months, if not longer. Right. Well, if you're if you're planning on getting earplugs and another noise machine, why don't you just get one of those uh, noise machine apps for your cell phone, and then just plug it into your head with your earphones, your audio earphones. Yes, no. Because I don't want to wear headphones. Okay. Well, I mean, you... I mean, I would have to get. I'm th- I'm thinking about getting some cordless earbuds. Right. Some Bluetooth. Kinda. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Because you know you can't sleep with headphones on. Uh, well, some of us can't. <laughs> I do it all the time. I, I, you know, I sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. I mean, that's the other thing that sucks about it being at six thirty in the morning is, you know, you've already slept four or five hours. Sometimes last night I went to bed early and was had so by six thirty I'd slept like almost seven hours. Okay. But, so you're, you know, you're not super tired anymore. Just tired enough to be where you'd like to have another fucking hour's sleep. Right, right. Sure. I mean, that's but, probably the, anyway. the the most luscious sleep of the of the the night is that last hour or so before you have to get up. Right. And that's, you know me, I usually go to bed at like two and have to get up at eight. Yeah. So that's true. If I go to bed at two and have to get up at six thirty, mm. I, I ain't feeling good that day. Oh hell no! And nobody yeah. else is gonna feel good. Things ain't gonna be good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You don't want to be around me, man. <laughs> Okay. Well, hey, listen, there's a lot to talk about this week mm-hmm. because we're two weeks behind or a week behind or whatever. It's been a bit of a stressful week at work. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just one of well, those I things. Well, mm-hmm. I figured because I, I know you, we didn't, well, you put this off a few times and I'm, and I've been there where I'm just, work is just such a drag that when you get home, you don't want to have to think anymore. Right. Well, yeah, this is one of those things that's, it's like one of these big projects at work, and so I I spent portions of both Saturday and Sunday at work, at least you know four hours both days, and so it just it's not like having a real weekend. It was like almost like right. the work week never really stopped, yeah. even though there were only you know half days yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's just not not a lot I of fun. Understand completely. Mm-hmm. And well, on top of that, I'm having to train people to do stuff at the same time and then everybody's coming into my office while I'm trying to concentrate on one thing but that can never happen so it's you like you have an office well you have your own office at work I do now well I had an office and then I shared it with another guy and then I got moved into another area with a larger office space with six other 
guys then got moved back into the the original office that I was in. Wow. Which is great, and but of course there's another guy in there with me, but that's fine. I I like him fine and everything, but it's just stressful when you're trying to concentrate and getting something finished that supposedly is red hot and needs to be finished, but then you're getting pulled in you know five other different directions by people who want something. So it's I don't know. It's it's been hectic, and it started about midweek last week, and it's continuing into this week, but. It should be over by Thursday. So anyway, yeah, that, that that definitely contributed to the fact that you know our I guess our Thursday recording didn't happen and Friday didn't happen and Saturday and here Sunday we are. didn't happen and Monday didn't happen. Right. Well, mon- <laughs> Monday could have happened, but no, I you, you were contending with sleep deprivation and uh, of course Bates Motel had a new episode last thing, night. Woo, right? Holy and an crap. amazing one. Can't yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah, well, can't but wait to talk about that. Here's the thing about Bates Motel uh-huh. too. If you don't watch Bates Motel, you know me, I don't have a DVR, I don't have a, anything to record. I watch things when they're on or I, I must be too busy to watch them. Um, so right. if, if I don't watch Bates Motel at 9 o'clock at night here, Central Time, where we are, right. then they don't rerun the new episode until 1 in the morning, which means it doesn't end until 2 in the morning. And that's just too fucking late. I don't know what A&E is thinking. They run some old 48 hours and CSIs or some crap shows in between them. And I'm like, fucking Bates at 9, 10, and 11, for fuck's sake. Why right. the fuck would you put it on at 1 in the morning? I'm okay now. I'm, I'm relaxed. <laughs> no, it actually doesn't make any sense. Most other shows on other networks repeat uh, shows within a reasonable amount of time. I mean, Walking Dead certainly yeah. does it. I mean, it's usually right. It's usually a little later, but it's not crazy time. So yeah, right. The only other show that I watch that does that is, um, and they do worse, is the show that I just watched tonight that I love, The Fosters on Freeform. Right. And when this news when this new season started, they ran it at seven and nine, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden now it's just on at seven. There's no rebroadcast. If you don't, and I mean, I've looked through the whole week's schedule of Freeform. It runs once. If you don't watch it that one time, then you're going to have to watch it online or from on demand or some other way because they're not going to show it again. Yeah, that doesn't really make any sense why a network would (laughs) do stuff, especially with a show that gets good ratings. I assume that show gets good ratings. Yeah, it got renewed for a fifth season. Uh It's just, um, and I understand that those those networks pay a fee every time they air a show uh-huh. and i'm sure it's uh, the fee is more expensive for a newer show you know for a rebroadcast of a new show than an old show but yeah. for fuck's sake people want to see the you know you want to get people interested in the show run it a couple times a week right um i don't know maybe maybe they're going on the assumption that everybody has a dvr at this point which is well is, they pro- that's probably part of it yeah that, that might be part of it and ex- especially younger people who would watch a show like the fosters do younger people watch the fosters i mean it's aimed at teenagers so of course i love it oh okay okay <laughs> got it got it i mean you know it's not i mean it's an adult show too i mean there are adult characters and and but i mean you know i i think teenagers would watch it more than adults but adults would there's i I was going to – I'll just do this now since I was going to do it. Uh, I was watching an episode a couple weeks ago. Okay. And, like, this this is the topics that they covered in the last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Just plain old sex. 
um, go into juvie, condoms, abortion, gay sex, grinder, gay marriage, lesbian moms, which the moms on the show are, are lesbians that adopt kids. Okay. Gay sex ed. This 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 show is you know it's it's aimed at teenagers, but it's it's got adult you know it's got older teen themes. I sure. mean, there's certainly there's certainly a they don't shy away from. I mean, there's a, there's a teenage girl character on the show who had an abortion, and mm. um, there's a whole storyline about that. She's dating one of the the kids that's the main character on the show, and he has um, he had a, a brain injury, and so he's kind of going through therapy and stuff, and he's having a lot of trouble. So she didn't want to tell him that she had to have an abortion, and mm. and um, so she so she ended up telling the older brother because they kind of became friendly, and the older brother took her to get the abortion, but Damn. hasn't told his younger brother who. Is going through all this therapy and stuff that he, you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's just, you know, they they, wow. they wanted they were there was a sex ed class in school. They wanted to go. They wanted to. One of the kids on the show is a, is a gay kid. Jude is the character's name, mm-hmm. and he went to his mom moms and said, "How come?" They don't talk about gay sex ed in in sex ed class. That you know, they're not telling me things that I need to know. Oh, and, whoa! Uh, and mm-hmm. so. The moms decided to to do a gay sex ed class for kids that wanted to come, and and you know had someone come and show them how to put on condom not not how to put on condoms on themselves on vegetables and stuff. But I mean, there's just a lot of things going on in that show. Um, it's dealing with Did adult shop? with uh, adult themes. Yeah, I mean, it's dealing with things that. I mean, young adult themes, maybe the, you know things that older teenagers definitely need to, you know. Things you would find in a young adult novel and that kind of right. stuff, and it's and you know it's it's a really great show. Mm-hmm. It's you know I mean it, it has its moments where it's not great, but it, you know I just think I mean that's the kind of show kids need. Kids, young adults need a show like that that right. talks about these things that they go through every day that everyone acts like mm-hmm. oh you can't talk about that you know right yeah it seems to be that you know those those. That transitional phase between being a teenager and being an adult, those issues right. are, are pretty damn important, and a lot of times they get suppressed. So, uh, yeah, I guess a show like yeah. that and really, uh, yeah, serves a purpose for I mean, sure. I, I think it does. Yeah, I mean, especially this day and age where there are a lot of kids who go to schools, particularly in the South, mm-hmm. where they don't teach any of that stuff. All they teach is abstinence. Right. You know, you know, just like we were talking about a couple I think it was on the last show, maybe it was two shows ago, about the the teenager who was pregnant and in the the home for girls that the nuns were running. Yes. You know, which which we were like which you said, you know, that still goes on and it's like, yeah, I'm sure it still does. It's crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you have to some girl gets pregnant and you send her away to st- oh, she's visiting her aunt or you know, some crazy shit. Right, um, and it's usually well, she goes to some home and has her baby. Sure, it's usually tied to some uh, religious sect of one kind or another. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some some conservative thing. Sure. So anyway, that's that's one one of the things I like about the Fosters. The characters are interesting, and yeah, it may be aimed at young adults, but they cover a lot of important topics and mm-hmm. and things that that young people need to learn. And then it's. The characters are are likable, and the storylines are interesting, and um, 
I just find it a good show. So uh, you, you okay. can, we were talking, we were talking about guilty pleasures. You can hate on me for, uh, me, for loving <laughs> the Fosters. I don't even feel like it's a guilty pleasure. It's uh, yeah. a show I really like. I don't think that 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 qualifies as a guilty pleasure because it you know it actually has some social relevance and significance you know people can actually learn learn things from it so i uh, yeah right. I, yeah, yeah i don't think it's a guilty pleasure in, yeah I don't, in that I mean, sense no. i don't either Mm-mm. yeah you know what my guilty pleasure is uh, are we gonna talk about guilty pleasures on this show was that something you wanted to talk about yeah absolutely sure why not Shall we start the show? Or yeah, should, let's start we, the show. Should we just make it an entire pre-show? <laughs> that would be fun. That would we be. We could do that, too. Yeah. You already prepared an introduction, so I, I think we should go ahead and do that. All right, let's do it. I'm ready. You ready? Yes. Let's <laughs> Let's do it. All right, man. Okay. Mm. Cool. Here we go. In three, two, one, maybe. Podcast Weird from the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas, the city that brought you Amy's Ice Cream, Sixth Street, Spider House, Ben Queller, Fantastic Fest, Matt's El Rancho, The Train <laughs> The Chain Drive. Oh man, now I feel like I gotta do the whole thing over. And the world's largest urban population of Mexican free-tailed bats, it's a slippery slope. The podcast with the dazed and confused Mark Browner and Lodger. Indeed, it's us. <laughs> Dude, I can do it all over. You can just, no, just edit that out. Yeah, I'll just, just edit, edit out the, the stumbles. Okay. Or at least part of cool, them. Cool, I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> okay. there's a lot of them there. Hey, every time we start the show, I always want to say, hey, spoiler alert, spoiler alerts, kids. We talk about movies and TV shows on this show, and we tell a lot of stuff that happens. But you should have seen them by now, so it's your own damn fault. But spoiler, there's your spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that's fair. I mean, uh, you know, if you're not following along with a particular series, and at least on a day-to-day basis, then that's your own fault. You know, or, yeah, or we don't. You know, if, if you hear we that we're going to talk about something and it's something that you're behind on, then maybe hit the plus 15 button a couple of times to <laughs> fast right. forward through it. Maybe, maybe 10 or 20 times. All right. Um, <laughs> well, that's yeah. true. I mean, by the time we talk about meet and have a show and talk about it and post it online, it's the show's been on over for two weeks. So if you're that far behind, then maybe you don't love the show as much as you should. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. It's your own fault. No. It's your own damn fault. Yeah, it's okay. Well, we'll hey, forget. where do you want to start? Maybe we're, we should do uh, all the people who died, died. Uh, the people who died. Oh, there's a lot because it's been so long since we yeah, did the show. I know. And and so, so like, who's bi- who's the biggest person that died this, since we did the last show in your book? Um, you, Chuck Berry? Yeah, Chuck Berry. That would be my, that would be my vote for, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I saw this thing online today and it pissed me off because they were saying, oh, Chuck Berry is more important to rock and roll than David Bowie or Lou Reed. And I'm like, okay, Chuck Berry is important to rock and roll. I don't think we have to qualify it as better than some, more important than someone else. Well, yeah, that's kind of, that's comparing apples and oranges anyway. I mean, you know, it's... <laughs> right, you're right, yeah. It's, it's like saying, you know, the the Wright brothers are better than 
uh, Alan Shepard, the first man to orbit the Earth or something, you know? Right, right. It, yeah, yeah. The Wright brothers are more important than Alan Shepard and Richard Branson. I don't know. <laughs> you know, whatever. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> one person is a pioneer and then the rest, you know, built upon that. So, okay, we get it, but you don't have to run down other people to build somebody else up right? Yeah. in that regard. And uh, believe me, you know, Chuck Berry was no saint. Oh, no. Wasn't there something where he was, where it's like, you know, wasn't there something about he pissed on women or something? Yeah. Yeah. One of the rumors. No, there was. A, there was the warm jets. There's like a video that's been floating around for decades now of <laughs> and it's 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 legit it's you know it's chuck berry farting and pissing on women <laughs> oh, <good grief. laughs> now i mean this is already i mean other I, matter of fact i i heard mark Marin today talking about that and he he had mentioned the, the farting and i already knew about the the pissing it was kind of like a I don't know if it was a homemade porn or something like that that he had right. done or someone had done for him. And I think it was originally done like on Super 8 or 16 millimeter or something. And then, you know, later on somehow got transferred to video and then just circulated around the world. So anyway, you know. <laughs> That's but, funny, like, you don't ever see that on, not YouTube, but, like, on Pornhub or nothing. You never see Chuck Berry's, even even in the last few days, I haven't seen Chuck, yeah. Chuck Berry's piss party. Well, How that's come, true. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then not that long ago, you know, within a couple of decades, he got in trouble. I think he had, like, a restaurant that he owned, and he had hidden cameras installed in the women's restroom and stuff, and so he got into legal trouble for that, and, uh, but, you know, I mean, granted, with that all... That should not... Yeah, go ahead. That should not diminish his rock and roll historical significance. Right, of course. I mean, you know, he's he is a giant in the, uh, the, the area of rock and roll. I mean, rock and roll wouldn't be what it became without his influences. I mean, that's 100% guaranteed, so, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. Yeah, but nobody's... All of our heroes aren't saints. Very few of them are. Very few of them are. It is just kind of um, funny. I don't know if funny is the word, but... You know, Chuck Berry had several big hit records, you know, and and, mm -hmm. and when we were kids, you still heard those records on the radio. You haven't heard him on the radio a whole lot lately, unless I don't listen to any stations that play a lot of 50s music anyway. Right. Um, but when when he died, I was like, oh, what's Chuck, Chuck Berry's biggest song? And I didn't think Johnny Be Good or Sweet Little Sixteen or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I thought of My Dingaling. <laughs> oh, well, that was probably... <laughs> His biggest hit, unfortunately. It really was. But it that, really was. And probably yeah. his, his latest hit. Um, not, you know, his most... For us, that was a hit when he was when we were kids. That was right. kind of still a hit record. That was, yeah, I mean... I, I remember hearing that on radio a lot. Right. Didn't that one come out, like, in the early 70s? I think it did. Or either it came out and they re-released it in the early 70s, or, or Maybe. I don't remember, but... Right. But I just remember that was the like on the radio, unless you were listening to an oldie station, you didn't hear uh, any of his songs except my dingling. That's the only one I remember hearing. Mm, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, of course, it's uh, one of those uh, morning zoo songs that you got played a lot in the 70s and 80s. Right.
Yeah. Um, of course, I guess one of his biggest hits was the one that was also covered by the Beatles, which right now I'm drawing a complete blank. Um, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? No, the Beatles I don't had a big hit. My head. Yeah, I know. God, I, I hate I hate bringing stuff up and then I can't follow through on it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and it's not like you can Google Be- Beatles hit because <laughs> you're still you're still gonna have to go through a lot of stuff to find the one song. Well, it must right. have been early in their career then, right? Yeah, it was like, like you back know, in yeah, early back when they were still doing covers. Oh. oh. Rollover Beethoven? Of course. Yes, Rollover roll yeah. Beethoven. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. See the see my my Rollover Beethoven that I remember is Electric Light Orchestra. They did a version of it that was totally awesome. Oh. You know, I love ELO and their version of it's totally awesome. I don't know if I've ever heard it or if I did, it was a long time ago and maybe only once. Yeah. It was kind of a minor hit in the mid seventies. Mm. You know, I when I was a when I was a early in my early teens, uh, I used to buy a lot of records just because the, I'd heard of the band or heard one of the songs on the the record, and they would be in the the bargain bin. Mm-hmm. And I bought a there was an Electric Light Orchestra album called Ole Elo, and it was it had like Evil Woman and Strange Magic and right. Uh, some of the early songs and that sure. cover of Johnny B. Good was on there. Too. Not Johnny, hmm. Rollover, Rollover, Rollover Beethoven, Beethoven was on there too. Hmm. Oh man, I'm gonna have to YouTube that now. Well, yeah, not right actually, now, but but in the uh, near future. Yeah, I wonder what. Yeah, I don't know. If, you know, it's very ELO esque. It certainly sounds like ELO, but uh, you know, it's it's not like a hard driving rock song, but it's still no. pretty good. Do they put their? I like it. They put their ethereal electronic spin on it. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> of course. It's pretty, pretty. Yeah, what else are they gonna do? Sure. What else is Jeff Lynne gonna do? That's his. <laughs> that's his whole gig, man. That's all he does. Right. Um, Lots of they, uh, phasor effects. Yes, yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and violins and cellos and all kinds of orchestrations that go on. Absolutely, there. yes. That's their that was their that was their shtick, man. Yep. Hey, and it served. In ser- fact, it, it even yeah, it served them well. <laughs> it even starts with Beethoven's fifth dun 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 dun. Wow. Dun 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 dun, and then a guitar kicks in. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm, I like I'm, it. I'm definitely uh, YouTube in that later. <laughs> Yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> if I think of it, I'll ch- at least when we post this and I listen to it again, it will remind me to put the YouTube video on on our Facebook page, a slippery slope on mm. Facebook. Mm-hmm. So sounds good. Um, All right, well, rest uh, in peace, Chuck Berry. Yeah, that you know that that was a sad one. He was he was, but he lived a good like I always say oh, yeah. when someone older dies, he lived a good long life. Right. I don't well, even remember how old they said he was. Wasn't least, he like? They said, four no, they, they said he was 90. 90, wow. Yeah, wow. so, come yeah. on, yeah. You li- yeah, who wants to, li- I don't, can't imagine wanting to live longer than 90, but. Um, right, well, I guess it depends on we, how how uh, lucid you are and how physically sure. able you still are. Yeah, you want to be 100% present when you're pissing and farting on women. <laughs> 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 you don't want to be suffering dementia because then yeah. you just need a nurse. It's really their women are just nurses at that point. <laughs> well, it's uh. true. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Oh, that's oh, okay. Wow. I have, I have nothing to add there. 
That's funny. Okay. Let's okay. move on to the. Yes, the let's next do that. One. You know, when we were going to do this show after about six or seven days, there was hardly anyone who had passed away that was a well known name. Uh, I th- and the only one for a while on my list was Joni Sledge of Sister Sledge. And I'm oh. not even that big of a Sister Sledge fan. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I mean, they had two or three hits, but. Well, I'm glad that you at least acknowledged her passing. Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, just one of those things where you're like, I don't know when the last time I ever thought about Sister Sledge was, but I was like, mm-hmm. oh, what, what, you know, you're like, what even, what songs did they have? And right now I'm struggling to think of any. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, but, you know, um, I'm drawing a blank. And you always, uh, you know, you always, you always um, mix them up with the um, Pointer Sisters. The Pointer Sisters. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's they're two completely different groups. Yeah, Sister Sledge. That's what they say. Oh, we are fa- we are family. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Oh my yeah. god, that's, that's hu- like yeah, a, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. It's like a gay fucking anthem too, you know. Yeah. How and, dare you forget that? <laughs> I know, right? Oh man, don't tell anyone or they will come for my gay card. Yep, they're um, gonna pull your gay card. <laughs> <laughs> Now, which and then there was all, which uh, which uh, sledge sister died? Joni. Joni. Okay. And I yeah. Now I couldn't tell you even one other sledge sister. Uh, Debbie, Kathy, Kim, and Joni. Oh, you uh, you Googled it like I did, huh? But of course. <laughs> <laughs> now here here's one. Here's right. one that maybe you know more than I do. I've I recognize this name. Okay. Jimmy Breslin passed away. Um, I recognize the name Jimmy Breslin, and I think he's he, uh, some kind of a uh, either a, like a a, a a a union organizer, <laughs> a, a a newspaper magnate, a reporter. I don't know. Wasn't he a reporter, or was he a American journalist and author? Okay, wrote a column for the New York Daily News Sunday edition. Okay, See, there you go. Did, didn't know. I just recognized the name, and I thought he was some kind of a writer, but okay. uh, I'm not that familiar. Right, and and then. Speaking of writers, the other writer we lost was Robert James Waller, who wrote Bridges of Madison County. Oh, also died. Okay. Hmm. All right. Yeah, that one you didn't see a lot online. That one was I, I didn't see that. Well, I mean, um, yeah, that's a little that's a little more obscure. I mean, granted, the the the, the book was was made into a, a, a very popular movie, but I, I I'm not sure if that the book itself was a bestseller. I have no idea. I don't. I'm not sure. It, I do, I do remember it was a pretty big bestseller because when they, when they um, finally said they, when they announced they were going to make a movie, and I think they they made the movie fairly quickly after the novel came out, within a couple years or so, and people wondered if Clint Eastwood could do it justice because it was kind of a romantic kind of a thing. Was it Clint Eastwood that was in that? He directed it, right? Yes. Now I've lost my mind. Yeah, he played. Uh, I know it's Meryl Streep's love interest. Yeah, yeah, he's the photographer who takes pictures of covered bridges in Iowa. That was that was the backdrop of that book and movie. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. So the, oh, the so, bridges of Madison County. Okay, so that would explain why maybe you have a little more knowledge of it f- from a book sense and not necessarily uh, the movie sense. Well, probably both, but maybe you heard of right. it before it became a movie. I definitely remember hearing about it before, 
yeah, I'm trying to remember. Did I hear about the book before I heard they were going to make a movie and Meryl Streep and Clint Eastwood were going to be in it? Well, I th- I think I remember. I think Bridges of Manasset County in the mid. What would that have been? I don't know when the movie came out. Gosh. In the mid '90s, maybe late late '90s, maybe. I think that book was kind of like the love story of the '70s. Ah, okay. You know where where people talked about love story and then they talked about Bridges of Manasset County in the same kind of. Oh, it's a 1995 film. Okay. Well, where you, they talked where you, they talked about it. Mm-hmm. Kind of in that same tenor as they people talked about love story. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, in a way. Of course, yeah, those movies are so different from each other, but uh yeah, I see what you're saying, kind of the 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 love story movie of its generation. Right, that romantic. And I think, too, right. in Bridges of Madison County, part of it is the characters are a little older. Mm-hmm. So it's not a, a love story about two younger people. It's a, it's a love story about two people who I think are supposed to be at least in their 40s, maybe their 50s. Yes. And, you know, so it was all that. I think, And I think both of them had kind of went, gone to a place where they didn't think there would be another relationship in their lives and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Um, well, I remember I, 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 I liking the movie. Yeah, well, wasn't like Meryl Streep's character uh, a married woman in the story? I can't remember. I it's don't been too think long. So. I, okay, I, I, I'm, uh, she's either a widower, a widow, or a or she's been divorced. I don't think there's a man in her life. In fact, I think she thinks she's old, old and not. There won't be another man in her uh, life. Okay. It's, part of the romantic angle of mm. the book but mm-hmm. yeah i remember watching the movie when it came out and and really liking it of course you know it's hard to i can't think of there's only a couple movies that meryl streep has made that i'm just indifferent to yeah um, she she but, usually does good work yes uh yeah and 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 there are, you know, I hate Clint Eastwood now. He's a dick. But uh, there yeah. are some movies he's made that I really like. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Bridges of Madison County is certainly one I like. Right. Um, what's uh, the movie where he's like an old country singer? Oh. Honky Tonk Man. Uh-huh. That's one of my favorites. Okay, that's a good one. Do you remember his first uh, um directorial debut play misty for me i've only seen it once but i did like it when i saw it yeah i mean it's quite i'd like to see it again yeah that was his first departure away from action movies yeah i mean and i remember though there is still some action in it (laughs) there's some there's some serious craziness uh, in that movie but i mean still quite a departure from you know the spaghetti westerns and dirty harry type stories or maybe he hadn't done any dirty harry uh movies at that time but he had definitely had done a bunch of spaghetti westerns by that time and had done rawhide right paint your wagon oh yeah (laughs) i forgot about that yeah i think he actually that's another movie i've never seen yeah he actually sang in that i believe so yeah Mm -hmm. maybe not maybe not but he had also uh, not well you know no not not well Uh, He's a really odd, you know, his politics now just drive me crazy and make me dislike him. But, you know, he's so hit and miss because he's done two or three very artistic movies that I really, you know, that I like. And I'm having trouble of thinking of any of them. Mm hmm. Man, then you know, I mean, and he would do, Uh, then he'd do something like uh, Every Which Way But Loose and. That's true. Yeah, he did. Yeah, in the, what was that, the late 70s, all those. Yeah. Really throwaway movies. They were more like yeah. uh, 
ways in which that he could uh, provide a paycheck to a bunch of his friends. <laughs> or something. I yeah. guess his friends were were monkey minders. So. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was trying. I was thinking of it like the guy who played his sidekick in Every Which Way But Loose. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, yeah, I've, that's but, another movie I've never ever seen. Right, it doesn't matter. Uh, did do you yeah. remember? Do you remember seeing Gran Torino? <laughs> Gran Torino. Oh yeah, loved that movie yeah, when it came out. That was great. Really good. That uh-huh. was right before he went crazy. He, yeah, what happened? <laughs> right before he became a Republican and started talking to chairs. I don't know yeah. what happened to it. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd be curious to see how he how he feels now. Yeah, uh, I'm not particularly curious, but okay. Well, yeah, I'm not either, but you know what I'm saying. But uh, yeah, all right. Wow, uh, I, how did um, we how did we slide into Clint Eastwood movies? Oh yeah, we were talking about Bridges of Madison County. Bridges Madison County. Yeah, and then uh, the other big losses this week were the wheelbarrow, the shoe, and the thimble from the Monopoly set. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I mean, oh, come I love on. the way you did that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, well, I put it under my people who've died thing. I mean, the um, I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? And they replaced it with a dinosaur, a penguin, and a duck. What the fuck, man? Wow. Well, you know, they're 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 trying to get that uh, you know that f- five to eleven uh, demographic because. I guess so I guess that's what they're looking for. <laughs> no, what what. What little kid wants to well, play Monopoly? Come on. Well, I mean, I well, did. Yeah, but well, if I can be the dinosaur, I will. Yes. Um, like, yeah. I was just like, I know no one wants to be the fucking thimble, but you know, mom always wants to be the thimble, or at least begrudgingly. <laughs> quietly. Yeah. What's the opposite of begrudgingly? Quietly, she accepts the fact that she's going to have to be the fucking thimble or the <laughs> wheelbarrow. <laughs> well, it could be could be a. The, a seamstress out there who wants to be the thimble. I bet you, Melissa. Right. Melissa, yeah. uh, our friend Melissa would like to be the thimble. She's a seamstress. The uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And they'll <laughs> never get re. You know, the uh, I was always had to be the race car. I mean, I just always had to be the race car. Oh well, but, yeah. You know, because yeah, I'm a boy. <laughs> yeah, that or the uh, the what was it a, a a terrier dog or it was some kind of a dog. And, There's uh, a dog, and yeah, and uh, I can't even remember all the pieces, but. I was like, yeah, I guess if I was 11 mm. wanted, and someone was trying to talk me into playing Monopoly, the fact that I could be the dinosaur might be okay. Yeah, I can see better that. Than the, better than the thimble, I guess. Right. Did they get? But, you said they got rid of the wheelbarrow, too? The wheelbarrow, let me see, let me go back and look. The, the wheelbarrow, thimble. the shoe, and the mm. thimble. Okay, yes, because God forbid anybody... Uh, walk or uh, do manual labor or sew anything <laughs> that's right i just won't do for, mm. those are those aren't for trumps those are for poor people <laughs> trump ain't gonna be the fucking dirty old shoe yeah he wants to be the fucking dinosaur right it's not for trumps that's for chumps i'm not talking about trump i'm talking about his kid baron trump oh okay <laughs> yeah you know the one with autism Ah, oh, poor kid <laughs> well, you know, the way I look at it, he's just as much a victim as we are. So, you know, I'm not going to say anything bad about poor poor little Baron. Well, yeah. No, me either. I mean, you know, uh, it's going to be tough when he has to come out to his dad, but these are the breaks. Um, <laughs> you, you can't, can't, can't choose who your dad is. No, um, that's true. 
So one other quick note on um, speaking of dead people and gayness. Right. Um, <laughs> what? As we okay. were somehow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just happened to look, you know, they ran that tribute to Robert Osborne on uh, Turner Classic Movies this past weekend. Oh, I wish I would have watched it. But I was, was some really wor- good. I was I working. S- oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, man. You know what you missed that was so great that you would have loved? What? He did an, a sit down hour with Ernest Borgnine. Oh. And Borgnine was on top of his form, man. Oh, so hell. great. Yeah. So like the el- elder statesman of character actors. He was so great. My and goodness. And it was really an interesting interesting story to his life story was really interesting you know he wrote a um biography and or an autobiography and i was like damn i think i want to read that autobiography who ernest borgnine would be real yeah oh okay. really interesting oh i, I mean I he did he you know he, he didn't put down anybody he was always nice everyone he worked with was great and all that stuff mm-hmm. but he's just uh you know such a nice guy he's just so likable and you know when he, and uh, um, Robert Osborne asked him about you know working on um, different movies with uh, Frank Sinatra and some of the you know doing Marty and all the different right. things and it's just super interesting. Right. Yeah. But anyway, well. While that was on, while while those Robert Osborne interview shows were on, mm-hmm. um, I just happened to look him up on um, Wikipedia again, and I can't remember exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, but I was, you know, I was. They were talking about something, and I was like, "Oh, I want to look that up." And uh, there was a blurb at the bottom that wasn't there a couple weeks ago, where they talked about that uh, when he died, it was kind of revealed that he had lived with another man for 20 years. This man is a, a producer and director of, of uh, shows in New York, like a wow. Broadway hmm. director type guy, and that they had lived together for 20 years, and it was his lover or partner or whatever you want to call him who yes. had been the one to tell the media that Robert had died. And hmm. I was like, Dan, I always, I kind of always assumed he was because he was, you know, never married, um, mm-hmm. And yeah, there was no particular vibe. I, I think everybody's gay. I think that's really what it was. But <laughs> well, I just always wondered if he was gay because you know he is never married. He he surrounded himself beautiful women, especially the older beautiful women. You know, loved mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, he just seems like the gay best friend to all these older actresses. Right. And he, and I guess that's what he was. Yeah. He, he had the inroads that way. Yeah. Yeah. There, he there could be the. He could be. He could go to these older women with, to events and be their escort and be very charming and handsome and, and um, you know, didn't have to do a roll in the hay or didn't have to earn his way the hard way or whatever. Right. But And, you know, it's it's so tough because I kind of get mad because it's like, God damn it, Robert Osborne, why didn't you just say that you were? Nobody, you know. Mm-hmm. But I know for a, for a man of his age, it's much harder to talk Ooh, about it. Right. I mean, you know, he had Men been of his Yeah, he had been probably closeted for so many decades he just didn't feel that it was any need to uh, change anything maybe. Who knows? Right, yeah. I think it's hard. I mean, obviously men of that age just a little bit older than well, quite a bit older than us. I think it's yeah. it's very hard for a lot of them, you know, because that it, it just wasn't something that was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, even you know because he he's 84 when he died i think and really? so that okay. makes him born about 19 1925 or something and or and so uh, no, 1935 or, right that's that's yeah. sound, that sounds more so, accurate yeah 
Yeah, 35, between 35 and 40, probably. Yeah. And I mean, you know, those, those guys, even, you know, even when they were older and things like Stonewall and things were going on, they they didn't come out because that just was something that wasn't done. And I kind of get mm-hmm. that. It's it's a hard thing to do. And and, um, you know, it would be nice because he's such a great guy. People loved him. He's so smart and interesting. He certainly had no reason to to hide it and you know yeah. i think it was probably well well known among people who knew him and so you well know, i'm sure i don't yeah. think he felt like he he, he was hiding it you know because people right. who knew him knew but it's um kind I'm, of frustrating that, that it, well it's true but you know the, the funny thing is and it's not really funny is that um coming out of the closet could be career harming up until not that long ago, really. Which is the which is the well, sad very true. which is the yeah. sad thing, right? You know, right? Yeah, um, I just yeah. I mean, it's just fun. I mean, and it's. I think too. He was. A, I think to a certain degree, he was a very private person. I mean, obviously, even on uh, TCM, you know, he stopped hanging around, and I, I we all kind of knew he was sick and something was going on. Yeah, and you know, on TCM, they never really said. Oh, you know, Robert's sick and he'll be back soon or anything. It was they mm-hmm. just said nothing, which I think is kind of what he wanted. I don't think he want you know, I don't think he wanted a lot of attention. Um, so I think all of those things being kind of a private person was just kind of who he was. Right. Yeah, he wanted to be known for his eloquence uh, in discussing the entertainment industry. He didn't necessarily right, he right. didn't necessarily want his private life on display. He didn't want to be a uh, a public figure. Yeah, I mean, he. Yeah, wa- I think so too. I think. Yeah. I mean, he loved movies and he loved promoting movies, mm-hmm. and he loved. I think he loved and you know being known as a guy who knew everything about movies. Wow. Um, and yeah. yeah, I think he he that was where his pride was, and he you know anything else I think to him was personal, private, and you know maybe even a distraction from from other things and. That's probably not what he wanted. Yeah, but it still frustrates me a little. <laughs> of, of course, of course. But you know, yeah, you're, you're, and, and you're a product of a of, of a later generation, though. So you know, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think now that he's passed away, and you know, I I think it's cool that it's on the Wikipedia page, and I think it's you know, it's just one of those things that now we can all know, and now we you know, and that's you know, that's a positive thing. Right. Absolutely. Well, well, that's our um, that's our people who died segment. Even though we kind of faltered around through some other stuff there. Too. Yeah, well, we always do that, you know. That that leads to, <laughs> but anyway, those yes, those are the people who died. Died. <laughs> I love cue I, I can't music. Can't wait for you to put the music in there. Yep, yeah, bye. Right. Yeah. Okay, uh, I got a couple yeah. other random things to talk about, and then of course I wanted to talk about uh, when we. I, you know, you and I and Sierra and our friend Trish went to the Eastside Tavern. Oh, it's been about ten days or so ago. Yeah, that sounds for right. The second time. Yeah, for the second and, time, we um, really liked that place. I love that place, man. It's on. Uh, I, it really is. I think my new favorite place in Austin. It's on um, Cesar Chavez. Yep. On the east and it's side, kind of a little, kind of a like in the in the parking lot outside. There's a big trailer, a screened-in trailer where they're smoking meat, and they serve some of the best barbecue. Their barbecue is delicious. Oh, it is delicious. Um, and uh, we and my, f- that was um smoked chicken wings. Jesus, those are good. <laughs> yeah, 
You're a big fan of the smoked chicken wings for sure. Oh my god, I don't. They just taste so good. Mm-hmm. They, especially you know, you got some some uh, buffalo ones and they were good, but the the barbecue ones have this. I don't know what kind of sauce it is. It's you know, mm. it, it tastes familiar, but it's just really good and doesn't taste like any other chicken wing you ever had in a completely great way. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I love it. You know, we've been there twice, and I haven't had a, a bad dish yet. So it's well, and that's it the other, is a special yeah, place, the, right? And the drinks the are terrific. Great. Mm-hmm. The drinks are great. The, the time. I mean, we have gone on some off-peak times. Like, um, like I think we met around four in the afternoon. True. But um. But it was during South you know, by Southwest. Had, it was during South. Yeah, by, during yeah. a Saturday. Uh huh. On a Saturday. We didn't have trouble getting a, a seat, which I know is going to change before too long. Uh, and, uh, probably, yeah. Uh, and the service is always good. We had an awesome uh, waiter yes. while we were there this time. I just, you know, I just, I'll go back anytime. You just let me know when, okay. when you're ready to go. <laughs> sure. I mean, you could very easily spend an entire afternoon there if you wanted to. You, you might end up, you might end up dropping a lot of, a lot of money, but <laughs> you, you'll definitely yeah. have a good time. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, we always we've been getting the um, the specialty drinks, so you're always going to drop ten bucks every time you get True. a specialty drink. Yeah, you so. know where I usually I just have a beer, but they have a drink there called um, oh, what's it called? Southern Hospitality that I love. That is delicious. Okay, yeah. I I, <laughs> I don't I don't know what it was. I think I might have tried it, but uh, yeah, I just, I just went with my usual Moscow Mules, which are delicious there. They do a really good job with their mixed drinks. Yeah. Cheers. Should, next time we uh-huh. go, they also have like a big um, drink you can get that's like, it's like 40 bucks, but it's like the size of a flower pot full of alcohol. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. It's like 45 bucks. We should and, get one one time. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Or it might be even more than <laughs> that. I, don't, I can't remember. I, I might... think it was 45. I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Maybe so. But yeah. yeah I like we'll it. We'll have to get and... four straws. <laughs> right and 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 while we were there, we were f- making further plans about our trip to San Francisco, or should I just say yeah. North, Northern California? And San Francisco yeah. plays a big a big part in that. Of yeah. So yeah, it was it was a good afternoon to spend to spend with friends and loved ones. And yeah, we chatted about what we want to do while we're there. And uh, your wife, Sierra, sent me an email today saying that she bought your guys' airline tickets today. Yes, we and did. I, mm-hmm. I bought mine for me and my nephew about a week ago, and I know Trish will probably be getting hers soon here. Right. So um, we're starting to get stuff lined up. We're really going to oh, go. Yeah. It's exciting. The plans so. have sprung into motion. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this trip. It'll be a good getaway, especially after a week. Yeah, I'm uh, excited we- about it, too. <laughs> especially like the last couple of weeks that I've had. It would make me think, wow, I, I wish it was na- I wish it was about to happen in next week. But oh well. I know, right? <laughs> I can wait till yeah. September. No problem. I've, we've got, well, we've got a few other things planned, a few other things planned for uh-huh. Uh, at least to go see a couple shows in the next couple weeks. Right. Um, Brian Brian Ferry is tomorrow, actually. Oh, my God. recording this. That's right. Brian Ferry is tomorrow night, and then a week from yes. tomorrow is Psychedelic Furs. And oh, then yeah. I will need a month break. <laughs> right. <laughs> I will need all, all of April off. Yeah, because the, br- <laughs> the, Brian, yeah, the Brian Ferry shows on a Wednesday night, 
And then isn't the psychedelic mm-hmm. first show that we're going to see on a Wednesday night as well? It is. Yeah. Okay. Nope. So yeah, it's on Wednesday too. So yeah. Um, and, and then and then B fifty two is in May. So wow, that's that's not that far away, man. It isn't, man. Whoa. Uh, speaking of uh, music in Austin, you mm-hmm. know, we just South by Southwest just wrapped up. It sure did. Um, and I was disappointed. Every year I'm disappointed that I don't go because something interesting happens that I wish I mm-hmm. would have gone for. Um, this year, uh, James Franco came to town. Oh, that's interesting. And, and he saw a movie that was showing there called, I think it's called Song to Song. I don't know anything about that movie. Um, mm, but he also s- screened his movie called Disaster Artist, which is a movie about the making of the movie Room. Have oh. you ever seen Room, Tommy, Tommy Wiseau? I don't think so. No. You'd know it if you saw it. <laughs> right. No. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. But I believe you talked about it. A few podcasts ago. Yeah, I think so. It's yeah. uh, it's it's fairly well known as one of the worst movies ever made, and it's definitely oh. one of the worst movies made within the last twenty years, probably if not longer. And um, wow, okay. So, and I bought it. I watched it a couple times. Uh, it's been at least six or seven years ago. Um, comedy. It was Comedy Central or Adult Swim or someone mm-hmm. ran it for twenty four hours on April Fool's Day. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> so, wow. So I got to watch it a couple times when that when it aired like that. Uh huh. And then I've bought I've bought the DVD, but I'm saving watching the DVD until the time comes when I can see the Disaster Artist. Ah, uh, okay. The Disaster Artist. So, yeah. Hmm. Which is about the making of the movie Room. Okay. And um, maybe yeah. So anyway, I was wow. disappointed that I missed that. It's always you know. Right. Franco's Franco's always so interesting, man. He's uh, an interesting dude. Yeah. Well, you were talking about South by Southwest. I've got a South by Southwest story. Oh, cool. So anyway, um, yes, you know that they have a a free stage at South by Southwest, and right. it used to be that you know. Anybody who just showed up could go into the free show. Well, they changed it, and I have mixed feelings about how they changed it. Now, what it is, they will announce a particular time when people can go to Ticketmaster and, based upon availability, can get free tickets to go to you know a full day of the free show. So anyway, um, Sierra... Got tipped off by Shelly, uh, Shelly Pennington Embry. By, I'll, I'll edit that out. Uh, that uh, <laughs> that that the free tickets had gone on, you know, quote unquote sale, and so Sierra went online, went to Ticketmaster, and got free tickets for us for this past Saturday. And we looked at the lineup. It, I think the headliner was going to be Garth Brooks, but that's not what we were interested in. We saw that Nicole Atkins was going to be playing that afternoon at around 5.30 or so. And so we were like, great, okay, well, let's go for that. And then we'll leave before, you know, the crowds and throngs start showing up for, you know, the Garth Brooks later that night. And uh, if I can... um Mm-hmm. If I can just interject one thing here. Yes. Uh, Garth Brooks coming coming to South by Southwest because South by Southwest isn't douchey enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Go well, ahead. <laughs> at least at least nobody had to pay for it. But <laughs> right. But <laughs> not I, with I, money, just their ears. Now I definitely have to <laughs> to hand it to them the way they handle the free show. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a pain, but. 
it's kind of good because you know you drive there, you park at the Palmer Event Center parking garage, okay? You know, you mm-hmm. then you you get out of the parking garage, you walk into the front door of the Palmer Event Center, and then you go through you know their security where you kind of feel like you're going through an airport because you walk through a metal detector and and you know they scan your your tickets and and whatnot, and uh, then you walk through the building, which is air-conditioned, which is a a nice thing, and then you walk out the back door of the Palmer Event Center, which puts you on the auditorium's shore side of the uh, the building, and so then we just walk across that little street right into the uh, auditorium shore's festival area, and so it's it was so I guess pretty stress free. All roped off, right? Yeah, it's all you know fenced off and everything like that. And, right, uh, that makes sense. So then we walk in, and you know Sierra and I are are used to festival settings, and and it wasn't you know heavily crowded because it was it was you know five o'clock in the afternoon and really nice. And uh, so you know immediately I went and got myself a beer, and then <laughs> there's a a twenty one only area that we we went into, and you know you can buy. Uh, <laughs> You can buy hard drinks, and so we we did a little of that. And uh, Tito's had a, a stand there, and they were giving away free Tito's bandanas and bottle openers and uh, fanny packs and all kind of shit. And uh, so it was kind of cool. Hmm. So we walked out. We were already a little toasty by then, you know. I'd had a couple of drinks in, but that's you know beside the point. And we we're like, okay, well, Nicole Atkins is about to start, and. Uh, so there were, you know, it was a it was a little bit of a crowd there, but everybody was pretty much on blankets and just kind of chilling out and you know just enjoying the afternoon. But uh, I knew that because it's Nicole Atkins, once the show started, people were going to stand up and kind of push towards the front of the stage and stand and listen to her perform right. because that's that's just what I knew was going to happen. So anyway, so we're kind of stepping around people, you know, sitting on their blankets and stuff and walking toward the stage. And so we're kind of maybe about 30 feet from the front of the stage. We're kind of sitting off to the side where they have kind of a, or standing off the side where there's kind of a barrier. There's a guy, and it's definitely people who have never been to a a festival-type music event because we're, you know, we're standing there waiting, and a guy who is sitting on a blanket, I don't know, you know, 20 feet behind us walks up and said, hey, we've been here all afternoon and and you're blocking our view of the stage. And we're like, what? You know, we're, <laughs> we're thinking this to ourselves, you know, like, what? And so we're like, all right, screw this. We're just going to go ahead and get out of this guy's way. And uh, we're going to walk right up to the you know front of the stage because there was still room to walk and you could get up there if you wanted to. No problem. Nobody was hassling you except for this idiot and so we could get up to the front of the stage and there's an old lady there and she's like no this whole area is 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 reserved for people and we're like what that's ridiculous she was what person you know it's like when you're at a festival performance you you have rights to where you are standing and maybe six inches around your body if you're lucky and so Anyway, so we just kind of just stood there. Was wh- this a was this a, a like a woman working for South by Southwest or just a no, random? This was this concert was just, goer. This was just a concert goer, and we're like, oh yeah. boy, she's in for a rude awakening in about five minutes. So we just you know we were still you know within you know six feet of the or ten feet of the the very front of the 
the area in front of the stage. So we were like, yeah, okay, whatever. We got a good view. We're, that's no problem. So then Nicole Atkins comes on stage, and then the crowd of people just <laughs> moves forward. And I was, it was such a delight to see this this lady's hopes and dreams fade <laughs> when, when it was nothing but standing room only all in that area and so she was left standing in the crowd okay she got her come up oh my god but uh you know what a- yeah this was <laughs> sierra said that i needed to uh, call call this part of the story uh the the dixon cunts in the crowd story <laughs> it's like people obviously had no idea what it was like to go to a, a, a music right, festival yeah and uh, first time in austin maybe <laughs> yeah it was it was a little mystifying but uh but anyway, once the show started, it was great. Nicole Atkins is great. A lot of people compare her to, no, they actually do call her uh, a female Roy Orbison. But uh, she's so much more than that, you know. One song, she might be, you know, kind of maybe what some people might call alt-country, but that's a lame description of, of what she is, you know. She, she, she could be called alt-country or alt-rock or a crooner. She was really good. I really, we've seen her before. We went, we saw her downtown, and I can't remember the name of the club, but it was a very small, intimate place, and uh, might have been 40 people in the room, and we saw her up close and personal uh, once before, and then after the show, she actually came out and just stood around and talked to all the people who, who had gone to the show, and she even chatted with us for, you know, five, ten minutes, and a really, really sweet, sweet amazing you know wonderful singer and a and a nice human being at that wow cool so that being said do you, said, know, um, do you let know where me, she's from you know i don't i uh, i'm sure i could I look it curious. up but uh i did write down some notes you know sometimes I, I write things down when i'm at a show just kind of giving an impression anyway i wrote this <laughs> down when uh, nicole atkins come, came onto the stage she came on wearing a like a mechanics coveralls it said ziggy uh, on the on the breast pocket, and on the back it said Cosmos, and I was like, okay, I whatever. So, <laughs> so I wrote this down. I said, so I wrote this down. Rocking the camel toe in the Ziggy Cosmos coveralls and aviator glasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I I thought I'd save that to the end after I had already complimented her on what a wonderful singer is and a wonderful human <laughs> being she is. But I mean that's just that's just the first thing that popped into my head because I have such an evil sense of humor sometimes. But. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so after Nicole's show, we left, and as we were leaving, we are like, oh, God, I'm so glad we're leaving now, because it was just throngs of people starting to show up for, you know, the, the Garth Brooks show that was going to happen in, you know, another yeah. couple of hours. So we're like, you know what? This actually was the perfect afternoon at a music festival. It was easy in, easy out. We had a good time. We didn't stay too long, and I was have nothing completely yeah. crazy with people. Exactly, and so I'll I'll use that to temper my opinion of South by Southwest in general, because that was actually <laughs> a, a pleasant and good afternoon. It's what it's it's what it should be. Yeah, I don't you right. know I don't get why Garth Brooks has to come to South by Southwest. 
I don't I don't get that. Why would they even say yes to that? Yeah, it just doesn't make any fucking I guess because they can sell beer. I don't know. It just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Right. Why it would be great to have Garth Brooks at South by Southwest doing a free show. Yeah. Well, I, they I knew don't, I don't get it. They knew that they would attract a, a, a certain group of, you know, country fans who like Garth Brooks and they were going to sell a shit ton of beer. That's to be sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what it is because there's right. certainly nothing edgy or interesting or modern or uh, contemporary about having Garth Brooks play at South by Southwest. True. It's just, uh, yeah, but, I, I you know, just don't get it. Some people, I don't understand it. Why? Why yeah. would? Yeah, I know people like him. That's some, you know some, whatever. Some people don't want edgy and new and. <laughs> Right, and those, and why you know? are those people going to a to a festival like South by Southwest? Which, in fact, they're not because know. they don't have to be badge holders; they just had to be quick on Ticketmaster. Exactly, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. anyway, I'll. So I, yeah, I, I don't get. I mean, what I don't get is why is that part of South by Southwest? If you know, there's if you did the same show this weekend, just as many people would show up. Right. In my opinion. Well, no, yeah, you know? that that's true. That's true. Uh, who, who knows? I don't know who's doing booking for for shows like right. this. You know. Well, I guess you know. Now that I'm thinking about it out loud. One of the things I guess would be security and the the venue and all that stuff would be in place, which would be helpful. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just you know, if it was someone cool, just as big as Garth Brooks, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. But right. you know, if it was. I don't know. I can't come up with a good um, someone edgy that's popular. Lady Gaga. It was Lady Gaga oh, wanted well, to do a free show. I mean, right. I would get that. You yeah. know, that's edgy, interesting, unique. Seems like the people who go to South by Southwest would be interested in that. Garth that's Brooks, true. I just don't get. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think that's, maybe that's just me. I think the free shows throughout the week, you know, vary in in style and tone. I, you know, right. I, I wish I. I had looked up to see what other acts they had on other days, you know, throughout the week. Not that I could have necessarily gone because, you know, it's all about who can, you know, be the fastest going online or calling Ticketmaster to yeah. to get the free tickets. And it was just, you know, sheer yeah. luck that Sierra got the heads up just prior, you know, right when they uh, opened up the giveaway of the free tickets. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But we were, yeah, we were only interested in Nicole Atkins. Yeah, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was. Well, I kind of while you were while you were talking about it, I did kind of look her up on Wikipedia, and she, mm-hmm. she seems interesting. I I don't think she would be, you know, something I would love, but you know, at least she's unique. Oh, she is. She unique. seems like ooh, this. Yeah, right. I mean, like you say, you know, she, the Wikipedia page says too she's been compared to Roy Orbison, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hmm, I don't know any other modern singer. Even male or female, that's really Roy Orbison esque. Uh huh. Um, so I guess that would be really interesting just just to hear. Yeah, I guess she has that kind of a that lilting voice when she wants to. Of course, mm-hmm. she, she she can also belt it out as well. You know, she's like she's like Roy Orbison plus <laughs> <laughs> plus a camel toe. Well, yeah, there that was definitely a plus. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she's yep. uh yeah, she's great. And I think uh yeah, anybody who could see her uh in concert would enjoy her. Yeah. She right. she has yeah. she has cool. mass appeal. She she should be bigger than she actually is. 
I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I mean, well, there are plenty it, of artists like that. I agree. Right. I mean, in in my book, she is she is big, and I would, yeah, I would, you know, we've we've paid money to see her before, and we'll do it again. And it was just right, yeah. it was just a lucky pleasure that we got to see her for free at the uh, on Saturday. Right. I get that. That's cool. Okay. All right. Well. Hey, I uh-huh. I just want to talk about one other thing, and then I we've got to take a break. Okay. Um, That's cool. I'll need a pee. I'll need a pee break. All right. Um, uh, so some exciting news for me. I don't know. Are you a big Orson Welles fan? Yes, I, mean, I, I am. I, I, I am an Orson Welles fan. I'm not a like a, a crazy. You know, I don't know everything about the man, or I. You know, I. I've seen most of the movies, but not all of them. Right. But uh, this week they announced that Netflix is going to do one redo one of his films. Not redo. They're going to complete one of his films that's been l- lying around for about thirty years, forty yes, years. Yes, I did read that story. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Why don't you elaborate? Because I don't remember anything more other than the fact that they, yeah, they were going to somehow take the available footage that was shot and finally compile it into something cohesive. Right, right. So, and it's it's kind of a movie about movies. It's called The Other Side of the Wind, and it's about a filmmaker. Yeah. I can't remember the whole plot, mm-hmm. but supposedly Orson Welles shot. 90 to 95 percent of the whole film and they've wanted to Mm -hmm. finish it for a long time and his widow held the rights for a while some other people held the rights for a while nobody was willing to let anyone else Mm -hmm. finish it Mm. nobody and and somehow the fact that netflix got involved and maybe it was just the the money that you know because i think his widow wants to make sure it gets completed in the the way he wanted it done and that there would be money to to do it right yeah uh, was part of it too because peter bogdanovich has been trying to get it finished you know him and wells were good friends Hmm. and he's been trying to get it finished for many years now and two or three different times have said it's if it's looking good it's going to happen and then it would always fall through but this deal with netflix seems like a a sure thing so yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, apparently a lot of the footage was shot over time as well. So I don't know if you know Wells' mastermind. I don't know if he fixed it so that it it seemed like it was a story that took place over many years, mm-hmm. um, or exactly exactly how that's going to work. Hmm. Um, but but it's one of those things that film lovers, uh, you know, just nutted over. I'm sure this week. I know I. Did. Oh yeah. I was like, oh my god. No, I, I can't t- believe it's really going to happen. Right. I got excited over it for sure. So I, I, I can't wait yeah. for that to happen. Do you know what the time frame is? Have they just started? Are they in the process of completing it? What What's going on? They've just started. According to what I read okay. online, the deal just got finished this month, and the wow. negatives just got delivered Whoa. to, I guess, Bogdanovich or Holy Netflix shit. this month. So, I mean, they have they have film in hand ready to complete. Hmm. So, it, it definitely looks like a done deal. But how long that will take, no one's saying. And, right. Uh, it may be in months. Who knows? Right. Um, so, that's I was excited about that. Yeah, same here. I'm glad you uh, you brought that up because I I had almost completely forgotten about reading that story. But uh, look forward to it. Yeah. Okay. I need a break. Okay. Can you play some intermission music and give me about five minutes? <laughs> sure. I'll play the same intermission music that I played I, I, when I. <laughs> I I liked the intermission music. Good. So. Good. Good. All right. Okay. I'll be right back. All right. 
Okay, so, you know, there's all the shows we always talk about, plus Feud. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. I only saw the pilot to Feud, but wow, I'm in. I am in, in, in. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, there's been two more episodes since then, I think. I think we're into three episodes now. You're going to have to catch up, man. Yeah, I am going to have to catch up. Did you want to start with that? Yeah, we can start with that. I was just going to start going since we kind of got started. Right. So, yeah, feud was it Betty and Betty uh, Davis and um, Joan Crawford. Right. Yes. Oh, my God. Wow. First off, great casting. Oh, my God. I mean, uh, Susan Sarandon is Betty Davis. Who'd have thunk it? Awesome casting. I know. So perfect. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you've only seen one episode, but as it goes on, mm-hmm. you notice much, you know, she doesn't do a really broad Betty Davis impersonation. It isn't, you know, uh, I mean, her big line is, what a dump. You know, <laughs> she doesn't do, right. I, uh, she doesn't do Betty Davis like, I am Betty Davis and I will, you know, she does it just like very normal with just slight inflections. Mm-hmm. Like you would imagine Davis w- talked when she was just talking to other right. people. Yeah. Yeah, you, you would know, you wouldn't want it weren't rolling. Yeah, you didn't want it to necessarily be a caricature because, you know, we've seen a lot of people do Betty Davis impersonations and, you know, it's obviously over the top for comedic purposes, but in this case, yeah, not so much. Yeah, I, and same thing with Joan Crawford. I mean, although mm-hmm. Joan Crawford doesn't have as a, as a such a distinctive vocal style as Betty Davis necessarily, but right. um, you know, Joan Joan Crawford is played by um, her name has just gone out of my head. I know Jessica oh, Lang. I, oh, yeah, Jessica Lang. Oh wow, yeah, she does a great and, job. And um, she does a great job too. And she also, I mean, what is great about both of them is they don't do caricature or even like, they don't even do like an imitation. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just like almost like an homage to Betty Davis and, and Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford, right. It, yeah. So great. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, and there is, you know, the, 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 it's a, again, it's a show called feud. It's on FX. It, right. It's about really, really it's about the making of the movie so far. What it's been about is the making of the movie. Who's afraid of no, of, whatever um, happened to baby Jane, whatever happened to baby Jane. Yeah. Who's afraid of Virginia <laughs> Woolf is different. No, whatever happened to, to baby Jane. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm, I'm already, you know, you've only seen one episode. I've seen yeah. three. I already am ready to watch um, whatever happened to baby Jane again, even though I've seen it like seven, eight times because oh, wow. it's, you mm-hmm. just as they film it, you, uh, there's a lot. I shouldn't say there's a lot. There's several scenes where they're filming where they actually do scenes from the movie. Nice. And so it's really cool. It's done really well. And mm-hmm. And um, and of course, it's notorious, notoriously known. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but it's well known that Joan Crawford and Betty Davis, you know, people like to say they hated each other, mm-hmm. and and they may actually have really hated each <laughs> other. They definitely didn't like each other. Um, right. It was almost like but, a, a a rivalry, or uh, Joan Crawford almost felt like she wasn't taken as seriously as Betty Davis was. I think, yeah, and I think, too, that, but what's interesting about the whole story is that um, uh, Joan Crawford is the one who found the the book, Who's Afraid of, uh, who, whatever <laughs> happened to Baby Jane, God. That's no, fine. Joan, Joan Crawford's the one who found the book, who mm. took it to uh, her director friend, Robert Aldrich, who, right. uh, who and who said, we, I want Betty Davis to do this with me. So, you know, mm-hmm. Joan Crawford may have 
not liked her, but she knew that the two of them together right. were going to sell a lot of tickets, man. Absolutely. And, um, so she, you know, and I don't, you know, I think we all know Joan Crawford was a fairly smart businesswoman. And um, obviously. Yeah, so she she knew how to to market a movie and how to how to get butts in the seat and um so it's a really really interesting uh story mm-hmm. and um one that's kind of been told around Hollywood and books have been written but this turns it into a whole kind of mini series thing that's just fantastic and and you know fun um definitely watching them to be bitchy to each other. <laughs> exactly. Fun. Yeah. 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 I, and uh, I can't wait to, to watch the next two episodes. Right. Yeah, they're really good. Um, and it just keeps getting better, in my opinion. Ooh. Um, okay. It also has um, Alfred Molina plays the director and producer of the film, uh, a guy named Robert Aldrich. Yes. Um, Judy Davis plays Hedda Hopper. Stanley mm-hmm. Tucci plays Jack Warner, and Kathy Bates plays Joan Blondale. Blondell. Right. It's um. Oh, who really did uh, Catherine? Catherine Zeta Jones played. Um, oh God, who did she play? Um, yeah, she plays another famous another actress. famous actress, right? Yeah, and I you don't even recognize her. I didn't even recognize oh. her on the show. I know it was um, it was Sierra yeah. that pointed it out to me that it was Catherine Zeta Jones because it was like wow, I barely recognized her. It was amazing. Yeah, right. And now now it's gonna drive me crazy until we find out who she plays. <laughs> right? But okay. Well, I, I had I forgotten that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's it's a really cool story. And then there's like, um, you know, when you get into the next episodes, it's a, a lot a lot more starts going on, and you get into a lot more history of of Betty Davis and and um, Joan Crawford, where they came from, who they were, you know. Excellent. So the more the story goes on, the better it gets. It's another one of those re- real cool retro vibe shows. Oh, you know, absolutely. Uh, because, of course, it's set in the early 60s. So there's mm-hmm. cool cars and, and uh, um, Pepsi Cola logos and Coke logos. And <laughs> right. <laughs> cool, Pepsi- cool, cool telephones. Yeah, I like the way Pepsi Cola kind of plays into the story. How Well, well that's and that's a big uh, part of Joan Crawford's story. Story, man, I mean, she mm-hmm. ran Pepsi Cola for a few years after her husband died. Who was the head of of Pepsi? So right, it's right, really cool. Okay, by the way, um, by the way, Catherine yes. Zeta Jones played Olivia De Havilland. That's right, she plays Olivia. Oh my God! Yes. Wow, that was so amazing good. too. Uh huh. Fun, fun, yeah, just fun stuff. And um, absolutely, it's a it's a series created by Ryan Murphy, I think is his name, right? The guy who does American Horror Story, because it has a lot of the right. people who are in American Horror Story, Jessica Lang and, and Kathy Bates. Um, Kathy Bates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so love it. Love it. Really worth seeing, really worth catching up on. And FX is making it pretty easy to catch up on episodes. So um, if you get a chance, listeners, you should check it out. And um, yep. the other thing I wanted to mention was they've already renewed it for season two and mm. three. Okay. No, just season two. Season just two. season two. Okay. Season two. And it's going to be um, Feud, Charles, and Diana. Okay, so completely different story, obviously. And uh, yeah. wow, could be interesting. Hmm. 
yeah, see what he does with that. Right. So. See see what what new information can be uh, dredged out of a seemingly over-publicized relationship already. Yeah, I think there will be a lot of that behind the scenes stuff with the queen and right, right. you know, hmm. and all that. So, and I'm sure they will get into the affairs that that they both had and mm-hmm. Who knows, you know, and then right. I'm, I'm assuming, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, like, this f- first series with um, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis, exactly where it ends, because um, I'll just tell you, not too big of a spoiler, I don't think, by okay. the end of the third episode, they've pretty much finished the filming of the of it, oh. and I think there's, like, ten episodes, so I don't know if they will continue on with... Hmm how the, how their careers went after that or if there you know if there'll be a lot of stuff about when the movie was released because i'm sure they went out to promote it when it was released um of course so, yeah it'll be interesting to see exactly hmm. how far how far into the future that uh it, that that story goes so. true i wonder wonder how much of the editing of the film will be actually covered or they're just going to sk- jump straight to you know around release time Right. I, I guess we'll find and out. I don't know if, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, Joan Crawford was kind of a producer on it. I mean, she mm-hmm. she bought the, the, so I don't know right. if that will be part of it too with, with her and the director and uh, Jack Warner, played by Stanley Tucci, if them all yes. wanting to do different cuts or you know different things where where mm-hmm. the, the actresses get involved because um you know joan crawford always cared about it, how she looked whereas betty davis wears the craziest makeup in baby, <laughs> baby jane yes you've ever seen wow by absolutely. choice too they oh, show, right, right. show that it's her choice yeah mm-hmm. so anyway it will be interesting to see where that series goes oh absolutely uh, yeah, I have the urge r- right when we get done here to to <laughs> to watch the next episode. Yeah, yeah. catch up. It gets mm-hmm. it's. I, I'm I'm really enjoying it, and it's and it's also too. I guess we should say for people who haven't seen it, it's not. You know, I guess some people might think it's just these two women being catty and bitchy to each other for an hour. It's no. way more than that. I it, mean, that's just the right. <laughs> it's it's glittering edges. It's almost like a, a history lesson about you know Hollywood in the early sixties. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, uh, you know. and I mean you know, Baby Jane is one of those movies that holds up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know, I you can watch it now and it's still creepy and weird and gross oh, yeah. and and you know, and you're just like, oh, I mean, it still packs a punch, right? Um, so, you know, I'm sure there's lots of young people that will f- discover the movie after seeing this series, I hope, because right. it's a real it's well, a really interesting movie. I thought I found it funny and interesting that, you know, in in the show they were describing the the, uh, the film as a horror story, a horror story. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's it's not, but it was kind of a gothic horror story, I guess kind of. Yeah, I guess that is that's probably accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's not, it's not what we would call a horror story these days by any means. Right. Shall we talk about the uh, Jughead heavy episode of Riverdale? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you didn't get your uh, Archie and Jughead kissing scene, but uh, you know, what do you? No, do? but I did get. <laughs> I did get. I did get Jughead with no shirt on in the in the school bathroom when he's oh. getting ready in the morning because he's staying in the school bathroom for a while. Well, that's true. 
<laughs> or the school, staying in the school for a while. Right. And, and so, yeah, there was, so there was a, there was a half shirtless top scene, whatever. <laughs> right. So that was all right. Yeah. That was all right. And Archie walked in on him. So there you go. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, it started with I don't. It started with um, Jughead having a dream where he's like Jughead from the comics. Yes, I thought that the, was wonderful. <laughs> isn't that awesome? He's got the kind of goofy sweater right. and the goofy the goofy hat. Yeah, the, the hat not, crown, not the hat he normally yeah <laughs> that he normally wears in the comics. Mm-hmm. And I and so and then so I wrote down on this. It's like Jughead is the narrator of the show because Jughead is the most changed character from the comic. The one mm. who most clearly sees, the one who most clearly sees the difference between the phonies of the comic and the dark reality of the characters in the series. Whoa! <laughs> and I <laughs> well stated, sir. Hmm. I thought that was yeah. I was like, hmm, that's interesting because it's interesting that that's the character who narrates the story, right? Um, because you was, know, I always call him. Mm-hmm. But he was because he I was calling him emo Jughead. <laughs> yes, emo Jughead. Who, yeah, in the comic was really just kind of background, kind of the comic comic relief character for the most part, right? But uh, especially in the original. Yes. Uh, you know, I watched a, a YouTube video um, uh, interview with Cole Sprouse, who plays Jughead, mm-hmm. and he was talking about that apparently in some of the modernized Jughead Archie comics, um, and he kept mentioning a particular writer who had written a series for um, for the more the, you know the Archie comics ha- have kind of uh, evolved as as we've gotten into the two thousands. Yeah. Um, Apparently, Jughead in one series, I think he said Zardowski was the the writer. Mm-hmm. In one area of series of the comics, Jughead is asexual, which I thought was really interesting. And mm. and that and that in this, you know, and it was a really thoughtful interview with Cole Sprouse where he was talking about it would be really interesting to explore that character of Jughead in this show, but oh. that's not really what it's going to be, and I don't really have any control. I don't write the show, so I I, right. I don't have any control over big aspects of the character like that. Um, mm-hmm. But it was really interesting just to hear that in some part of the Archie universe, in some series of comics, Jughead is asexual. Wow, which, that's wild. You know, which no TV show has explored an asexual character mm, yeah, um, so that true. could be and then he also called him a romantic um not a romantic but the term a romantic which yeah, means without romance neither romantic or yeah mm-hmm. and um and which is different from being asexual as well um true so it, yeah i was just like there's so many interesting things about the jughead character yeah and, and the way they're doing him on the series i think is really interesting right now didn't Jughead have a girlfriend like in the original comic book? Who? Yeah. Oh, God, who was name, that? I know her name. She was played was by Ethel? no Eth- Ethel was Moose's character. Oh, no, Ethel was Moose's. Girlfriend. Oh, that's right. Okay. Jughead. Maybe he didn't. Jughead. Maybe I got confused there. I swear there. he did. Mm-hmm. Because I, Ethel, he did. Remember Ethel uh, on a previous yeah. episode was played by the same actress who played Barb on Stranger Things. Oh yeah, I remember you saying that, and I had totally forgot that. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure Ethel and Moose were were a couple. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, yeah, it's been so long since I've read Archie comics. 
I mean, I was a little kid, and so yeah, memory fades, man. But yeah, uh, I know. I uh, I just you know because Jughead has also mentioned that on the show on Riverdale that um, he has a sister named Jelly Bean, um, yeah, which I know is from the comics. Okay, and that. Um, um so and he mentioned in one of the episodes that she's growing up and now she wants to be called i think jb is what he said um <laughs> okay i didn't remember that detail for some reason well um and here i'm reading online too and it says that mm-hmm. uh his most ardent admirer is big ethel and an awkward but very an awkward but very friendly girl who chases after jughead at every opportunity oh. so maybe ethel is yeah hmm. could be but Maybe they're not going to follow that storyline in the show well, Riverdale, right? But who knows? Well, Jughead is Jughead definitely isn't asexual or aromantic the way him and Betty are making out. So <laughs> right, yeah, he's he's, he's definitely wanting that. Um, I'm not sure how much Betty is necessarily into it, but uh, I guess we'll find out. Right, I think. Um, like I was saying last uh, podcast that uh, it would be it would be interesting if this series was more about a love triangle between Jughead and Archie and Betty than Betty Veronica and Archie. But I don't think that's what it's going to be. But mm-hmm. um, it, it, the character, the way they do Jughead in the in the series of Riverdale is not only because I like Holster House, but I just think the way they do that character is really interesting. Um, it's definitely one of the most interesting aspects of the series. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, yeah, he's got a really uh, the character Jug has is a very strange dynamic with his uh, father. That's uh, it's kind of yeah. a, a tragic uh, family life. Well, obviously he was living at the uh, drive-in movie theater, and now living at the school and bouncing, uh, you know, into uh, you know sleeping on Archie's floor, etc. So yeah, it's it's right. He's kind of a tragic character in that regard, as far as his family life. Right, which they got into a bunch of history between like uh, Archie's dad and Jughead's dad. Right, and so that was that was and, pretty revealing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then I was just thinking, it's really an interesting dynamic that uh, that like Archie is kind of middle class and Jughead is really kind of poor, and you right. know, there's an interesting dynamic between those t- their two characters that has to do with class and fathers and. Um, history you know history of their father's relationship is all part of that too right Um, and you know archie and jughead's fathers both kind of started on an equal footing but you know we saw them both go down different roads and you know here we are with the two completely different families Right. And yeah, and Jughead's father's definitely darker, definitely has an addiction history and right. and um you know, a, a history. But then again, there's that whole story of, you know, Luke Perry plays Archie's dad and he plays him really well because mm-hmm. you, you kind of you sympathize with him and and believe something when he says it. So when he says that Jughead's dad, you know, he gave him several chances and he kept blowing it and finally he had to just say no more. And, and yeah. you, you know, it's very easy to believe that's true because his dad doesn't seem his dad seems like a very honest person, but. But who knows, you know? That's who knows true. What the real I mean, truth is. yeah, we may we may find out that uh, yeah, he's he's not such an upstanding guy, but mm, right. I don't know. Cuz that that's cuz that's kind of what the whole series is about right now, finding out that 
that what you thought, you know, isn't exactly what happened. Well, good point, you know. Everything looks yeah. everything looks rosy on the surface, but uh, you know you you've, it's got that. There's always that dark underbelly. The the real yeah. truth, the real truth that uh, can be disturbing and shocking. Right. Yeah. 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 Which is what you know. Very very Lynchian, and you know. Oh yeah. Something they do well. Something they do well in Riverdale, and and um, mm-hmm. something that makes it really one of the most interesting shows on TV right now. Um, right. And, it, I read this week too. They got got um, renewed for a second season for Riverdale too. And not surprising at all. It's a it's a well yeah. executed show, and you you want to find out what what happens next. For sure. Yes, we're gonna we have to it. wait too because because it's not back until March thirtieth. So yeah. it's a couple of weeks before we'll get to see another episode. Yeah. Although when this episode airs of the podcast, it'll be closer at least. Well, that's true. <laughs> it won't be that far away. Yeah. I guess that gives gave us a chance to catch up on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. For the show, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and we're gonna find. I mean, the other show that we're gonna talk about here in a minute is the This Is Us, which is also done for this season. Right. Again. April, we're going to find there's some shows that we watch, although there's plenty of new shows coming on. April is of course. Uh, Fargo comes back. Oh, my. And um, I think, you know, I feel like there was something else I read, but I can't remember what it is now that was going to come yeah. come back or 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 start again in April or something that I was really interested in. So Right. Um, there's a lot of those that are about to start up again, and I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> inundated yeah, yeah. with uh, more entertainment there's you know I've said it a million times already but there's just so many damn good TV shows on it there really like, are it's it's overload information overload it is yeah um but I, I uh, so know, first world problems I know right yeah, I know. yeah um so shall we talk about the last this is us yeah it's, we brought God, it up it's been a while now I'm I'm, I'm I'm struggling to remember yeah. what I even saw. I mean, okay, we're we're, we're beyond the uh, William is dead and everybody wore a hat in his honor. So the episode right. after, <laughs> I'm trying to remember after what even that happened. La- that was the Jack and Rebecca, and really the big Jack. Um, oh right, right, leading up it, closer it, uh, to his alcoholism and what happens next. Right. I called it Jack and Rebecca's origin story. It was kind of their. It, oh, it showed right, right. how how they dated, um, mm-hmm. how he was living and, at, uh, living at home in the attic, and his father, as we already knew, was kind of an abusive character in his life, and uh, he right was, drunken. Yeah, and he was gonna drunken uh, abusive. Yeah, and he was sorry. gonna. Yeah, he was gonna start a garage with a pal of his and so they figured the only way to make the money let's let's take all the money and pool it and go bet on a poker game and uh that didn't turn out too well <laughs> that didn't turn out so great <laughs> yeah no. it was it was really interesting to see jack with a with a clean shaven face too oh i know he looks so so young it's amazing what a beard I can know. do mm-hmm. <laughs> It is. It was amazing how, you know, I don't know how old that actor is in in real life. He's got but you know, he he looked easily looked 20 when he was clean shaven and he easily oh, looks yeah. 40 when he's playing the dad to the teenagers and you just buy him right. as any age. Well, that, and which that actor, I can't remember his name, it's Milo 
and it's a long Italian last name. Okay. He's just really good. He's yes. really good. Well, I, I, I'm sure that went into uh, casting, you know, into – that was part of the criteria for casting certain characters. They had to be able to play this wide range of ages. Right, yeah, I which mean, I think Mandy Moore does a good job of, too. Um, oh, yeah. She had to – she has to play an even know. wider range of ages. Yeah, yeah that's you know? true. You're right. Yeah. Because, I mean, she's still alive when the show's. Exactly. <laughs> in the show's story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, of course, we all, you know, I knew they weren't going. I knew Jack wasn't going to die in the last episode of the season from drunk driving. That was just, you know. Right. The show is so clever and so, so good at surprising you that when it starts to do something where you think you know where it's going, mm-hmm. you just Im- immediately think, nope, that's not where it's going. They're going to be, they're going to do something different from that. So right. it, it's harder and harder every episode to buy into something when they try to lead you one way. Yeah. Um, because you know how good they are at, at, at leading you somewhere where you don't expect. So this is true. Now, uh, they, now, granted, the whole poker game thing where they get beat up at the end was a little bit hokey. But then later on, you know, they're planning to uh, r- rob a bar or something. But then mm-hmm. then Jack gets sidetracked because he's seeing Rebecca on stage. That I didn't, right. I didn't see coming. And that uh, well, and that I- worked really good. Because we thought we right. thought that was the blind date that he was supposed to go on, but it right, yeah, yeah, and of course it right. wasn't. It was uh, something completely different. Right. But uh, it's just that was just another thing for me too, where you know we always talk about how good this show is and how they can do things that other shows can't. Mm-hmm. You know, any other show does the thing where the guy gets distracted from robbing a bar by a girl on stage. You'd be like, yeah, right. <laughs> but with this show, you just totally buy into it. They I, sell it so oh, yeah. well you believe in those characters so much right. that when he gets sidetracked and his eyes just glue to her you totally buy into that reality and you just like right. this is the moment he falls in love with her you know sure because we thought we thought because they misdirected us with the whole blind date thing you know we were thinking right. oh no he's blowing it he's he's gonna miss he's gonna miss the 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 blind date he's gonna have but <laughs> they're like oh shit no Okay. All right. Everything yeah, is. Then Rebecca's at, on a blind date, and right. you're like, "Oh, okay. Who's she with?" Right. Exactly. So it definitely uh, uh, fooled me. Not in a bad way, but in a you know, like a a very pleasant way. Yeah. As far as yeah. the the surprise well, they threw into to, to that. Yeah. I yeah I agree. It's another one of those those pleasant uh, unexpected moments on that show. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, you know, that show, too, it's funny because not only is it does it do things like that, but then there's just so much so many real, honest human emotion moments on that show. The whole fight that the argument that Jack and uh, Rebecca have is was so real and so, you know, so much like two married people with kids mm-hmm. having a fight where, you know, it was just yeah. so well written. And then when he tells her at the end that you're my big break, I was just like, oh, I started sobbing. I was yeah. like, oh, don't let him go, Rebecca. Don't oh. let him go. Yeah. Yeah. Good so, point. Hmm. Yeah. Of course she lets him go. So, <laughs> well, but, yeah. 
but and you then, know they can't resolve all, the, all all the problems by the end of the episode that would just be completely no. against form right right yeah you got to see how they get back together when the next season starts but of course, um, of course. and then the very the very last shot she's sitting in the chair as he walks as he leaves or after he's left and she mm-hmm. touches this necklace she's wearing mm-hmm. and kind of rubs it do you remember that uh vaguely yeah, because it was very, you know, a, a very minute moment. But when she did that, I thought, hmm, what is that necklace? Where is that from? I don't remember anything about him giving her a necklace. Yeah. And uh, one of my friends who watches the show and um, tells me that he thinks that told me that he thinks that he saw Rebecca wearing that necklace at Jack's funeral. And I'm oh. like, wow, really? So I maybe mm. there, there must be a story to that necklace, too, that we'll find out at one point. Right. Yeah, they wouldn't obviously showcase something without it playing a part later on in the story. Yeah, so. one would presume. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I missed it. Yeah, I just happened to notice it because she, she reaches, like someone does when they're contemplating, you know, she just mm-hmm. reached down and kind of rubbed rubbed the whatever was hanging from the chain. It, it right. almost looked like a shark's tooth, but I don't think that's what it was. Hmm. And she just kind of rubs it and you're like, huh, what is, you know, it just catches your attention a little bit. Yeah. There are so many little minor details in this show. So True. You know, maybe... You know, maybe it's nothing, but maybe it will be something that will come out. And I don't know when This Is Us is coming back. I don't know if it will be next fall before we'll see any more of them. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it is a network show after all, so they, you know, typically tend to do things in the old school way of you know uh, seasons. Right. Yeah, they don't do. They don't do they don't do mid-season finales and then <laughs> come back in 3 months. Right, like a lot of shows, like a lot of like uh Walking, Walking Dead, Dead does. Sure. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, huh. All right. So, Any, yeah, I'm, uh, we'll just have to wait and see yeah. <laughs> what happens. I'm sure it'll be a, announced or it's probably been announced when the new season starts. I don't know. Yeah, I bet I could go online and find out, but I bet it's you know October, September or October of next year. Yeah, it did start early. I remember that. That's one of the reasons I started watching it was mm-hmm. I saw the preview for it and it looked really good. And yeah. then they put it on early before there were a whole lot of other new shows on, and so I just turned it on because there was one of the only new things on to see, and yeah. there wasn't anything competing against it. The so I that made mm. it easier for me to start watching it. That's a, they were smart in the way they did that. Right, that's a pretty clever tactic, you know, kind of beat the uh, the mad rush. That, yeah, because uh, it airs uh, opposite um, two shows I like, Fresh Off the Boat and The Real O'Neills mm, on ABC. Mm-hmm. And, I, and okay. they're sitcoms, but I, I like them, but I don't watch them because I'm watching This Is Us. Right. So... I've watched a few Real O'Neills online, um, mm. and then, of course, I'll be able to watch a few more now that This Is Us isn't on unless the NBC puts something else interesting in its place. Okay. Well, sp- right. speaking of Walking Dead, you want to talk about Walking Dead? Sure. Why don't we? <laughs> we missed the uh, we've uh, it's been two episodes since uh, our last chat. Oh, that's right. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I just have the the most recent episode kind of in in memory. But I yeah, can't. I, I, you know, yeah, I, I can't even remember what happened in the not the most recent one, the one before that. You uh, know what happened? Uh, what happened in that one was all cute boys must die. They killed oh, Benjamin. I, of course. 
It's like, of course, he's cute and I'm starting to like him. Of course, they're going to kill him off. <laughs> right. Oh, I was I, I, I knew he was a goner, but I was still furious when yeah. it happened. I was like, oh, come on, man. Stop killing the characters we like. Right. But but then then Morgan killed um, Richard and we all wanted to see that happen, man. It's, it's sad, but we all were like, oh, dude, this this Richard guy has got to go. He's a dumbass and a dick. <laughs> but it was yes. really interesting to see uh, Morgan lose his shit like that because, you know, you're really not expecting that either. And you are and you aren't. And, um, you know, it was like, yes, we need Morgan to get mad and, and go off if they're going to. Well, yeah, I mean, this. it was pretty shocking the way, you know, Morgan actually dispatched Richard, uh, basically what strangled him to death. Well, after I guess he whacked him with a stick and then he strangled him to yeah. death. That was yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was that was that was that was pretty visceral, man. But uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. Well, but uh, you know, and I, you know, who kn- I think that's something too that the, you know, I don't know if this show ever really tries to make statements, but I think it's like, yeah, you can you can say you're nonviolent and be nonviolent for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, but eventually someone's going to push you over the edge and you're going to lose your shit. You just, you know, right? Especially especially in the anywhere, but especially in the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then I guess by the end of that episode, then Mor- Morgan is seen sharpening his uh, staff, so it's no longer yeah, a staff. Well, it's a spear. Well, oh, that's right. I didn't even snap to that. That's a good point. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's readying for battle. Yeah. And um, and Carol goes to the kingdom, uh, while he's doing that. So that was cool too. Yeah. Because I think Kara, you know, we're starting to get all these characters ready for the battle, which is what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, and then. Uh, but she still doesn't know all of the truth about uh, the people who died from Alexandria yet. Does no, she? but he no. told her most of it. He told her about uh, Glenn and Abraham and. Um, oh, that's right. The, and uh, Denise and the mayor's son, whose name I can never remember. Um, so she does kind of know. She did kind of. He Morgan did kind of tell her. What happened? He knocks on her door and says, "You want to know? Do you really want to know what That's happened, or right. something like that?" Okay, yeah. yeah. Thank you for refreshing my memory on that shit. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's just which you you know. It's just so long you can isolate yourself in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, you can't be a homebody during the zombie apocalypse. You no. just can't. There's only you, you only know. so many cobblers you can bake. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. And when you're Carol and you love scaring the shit out of kids, you got to get back in the game at some point. Wow. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. I mean, right now, I mean, right now she's helping Benjamin's mm-hmm. brother um, um, plant flowers. But really, how long before she's scaring the shit out of that kid? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there is that, that whole thing of planting flowers. You know how you know how her her association with flowers is. Right. <laughs> Look right. at the flowers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just look at the flowers. Yeah, that's true. I thought about both uh, of those things. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, he looks like that little kid that she scared the shit out of in, in Alexandria. <laughs> oh, that's and true, And it's too. like the girls, yeah, look at the flowers. <laughs> yeah. So true. then the episode that was on a couple days ago right. is uh, – is the uh, the the big Jesus Maggie and what what do they call that, the hilltop? Uh, Yes, the hilltop. I'll – 
and uh, all the something something. Well, I mean, you know, before we get into that, I mean, uh, something interesting was revealed about Jesus in this past episode. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the second line in my notes. Jesus comes out. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's it. Absolutely. But uh, it was really funny because it was done really well and very subtle, and I almost missed mm-hmm. it the first time because I was kind of not paying that close attention. So right. I had to rewatch the be- the beginning when they rebroadcast it. Oh. Uh, okay. Just yeah. to, just to make sure I hadn't misunderstood that that was what he said. So right, I had to hit I the, that was. Yeah, I had to hit the rewind on the DVR. I was like, "What did he just say?" I was like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> yep. that's a revelation." But yeah, uh, I, and apparently Jesus in the comics is is gay too. I believe. And right. So I know when that actor was on uh, Talking Dead, they were talking about whether he was going to be gay in that or not. And he, of course, doesn't say because they, mm-hmm. they can't say anything on Talking Dead. It's a show. It's a talk show where nobody's allowed to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Nothing that hasn't already been revealed. That's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very, so very true. So, but also in that episode, I mean, uh, Sasha is on the warpath. Uh, oh, yeah. That was really interesting. Her and Rosita. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, that's I, true. I mean, it's like Sasha pretty much, you know, by the end of the episode is is uh, kind of locked Rosita out of uh, exacting her revenge on Negan. But at the same time, she's also, you know, possibly giving up her life for everyone else as well. So that's right. Right. Well, I thought it was really interesting that episode with those two uh, characters, because I had totally forgotten that Sasha and Rosita had both um, kind of had love affairs with Abraham. Yes. So, you know, I've that that dynamic to their relationship, had kind of slipped by my my consciousness. And so when that kind of they started talking about that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's right. No wonder there's so much tension between the two of them. Mm -hmm. um, because they've got real history, you know? Right. So it was kind of interesting to see how that played out. That's true. Um, Like when uh, Rosita said, hey, Rosita says to uh, Sasha, hey, I made that necklace that, you know. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It looks good on you or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I was like, I started putting it together. I'm like, oh, that's right. They both were with Mm -hmm. Abraham. So, yeah. One of the funny things that happened when I was watching it, you know, they go and they're going through town and they're trying to hotwire a car. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, gee, gee, to myself, I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, and the zombie apocalypse, there's no people. There would be used car lots everywhere. Why don't they just go to a fucking used car lot? <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. And I'm like, it's about time. All I right. mean, isn't that the first place you'd go? You would think. Yeah. yeah, it just uh, seems like the most logical place, yeah. either there or a rental car agency. But true, it was just funny that I that I thought that, and then boom, <laughs> it that's where they went. And I was like, that was awesome. Yeah, right. So, mm-hmm. Let's see, any, and then anything else happened in that episode? I'm trying to remember. Uh, Daryl and Maggie had a moment. Oh where yeah, where he apologized, right? Or he, you know, he he let her know he felt like it was his fault that Glenn had died, right. and she let him know it wasn't, and that was not. a really nice moment. Yeah. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you at the very end. Yes. When Sa- Sasha locks Rosita out, I mm-hmm. think, and then Rosita and Rosita's running away at that point because and she sees shit's going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a silhouette of someone standing. 
watching her to help her, to trap her, to kill her. Who was it? Was it, you know, was it Eugene? Was it Daryl? Was it, uh, what's the other guy, Dwight? Cause, well, I thought it was, I, I thought what you saw was the back side of a person as uh-huh. opposed to their front side, not not their butt, but the back oh. of a person with a crossbow. And yeah. I, thought, I thought, are you supposed to think that's Daryl or... Um, Dwight, because they both have crossbows uh, now. I think. Well, that's right, Daryl. Did Daryl get a, a another crossbow? Well, he was he was working with one at the hilltop. I think. Yeah. He, he had one with him at the hilltop. I think. And you're I don't right. think he stole his back. I think he. Mm-hmm. I think he. Um. I think Dwight still has one, but I yeah. could be wrong. No, that's right. Dwight Dwight still has one. Daryl has a new one, or new to him. I don't know why. Just because of the silhouette and the the way they. The head and the hair looked. I thought it was Eugene at first, maybe deciding to uh, to help after all or run away after all. But uh, I think I was just dispelled of that notion by what they were talking about on Talking Dead. And they seemed to think it was possibly Daryl or, yeah, Dwight. So, yeah. I yeah. Know. We'll I find know. out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll find out. Well, of course, we'll find out. Um, yeah, I don't know how many more Walking Deads there are, but I know it ends in April. So I think there's only mm. three or four more. Okay. And then uh, this week they said, Fear the Walking Dead's coming back in June. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. will be back in June. Okay. Well. Um. The only other uh, well, I wanted to talk about a show I know you haven't seen, and then of course we want to talk about Bates Motel. So, the the show you haven't seen is well, I won't take very long on. Okay. Uh, the other day I was watching Vice. I think I was just flipping through the channels, and I saw this ad on Vice. You know, the sh- the channel we've watched a few times because we like that show Abandon, and they do Gaycation on there. Yeah. Um. And there there was an ad for a show called Outsider, and Mm-hmm. It it talked about it would be a a series about obscure movies, and oh. so I was like, "Hmm, that sounds interesting." So uh, it's only a half hour show. It comes on on Friday nights. Right. Again, it's called Outsider, not the most original name. Eh, but the well. first episode, yeah, the first episode they talked about this movie called Miami Connection. Have you ever heard of this movie? No, I have not. I yeah I've, I feel like I've heard the name because mm-hmm. it definitely was a movie that got interest in it got started again when um, the Alamo Draft House got involved and starts showing it as a midnight movie and then uh, oh. I do believe they re-released it uh, through their Alamo I can't remember what the Alamo Draft House uh, film imprint is but it may mm-hmm. just be Alamo but I think it's called something else anyway okay. Um, um, it's it's a movie. It's it was done by this guy whose name is Grandmaster Y.K. Kim. He's a martial arts guy, a ta- uh, taekwondo. And this movie this mm. movie is about a kind of a band a band of brothers who practiced twi- taekwondo together. Have a band called Dragon something, Dragon Rocks or Dragon Music <laughs> or I okay. can't remember. And, and rode my, ride motorcycles and battle ninjas and all this stuff. It looks oh, wow. amazing. I mean, okay. it just looks... And apparently, it has been shown to um, much acclaim at the Alamo several times, and it's kind of you know earned its place as a uh, cult movie. Is but this like a, a it's like a seventies or an eighties movie or what? Eighties. It's an eighties oh. movie. Yeah, okay. it's from the eighties. Okay. 
And so, um, and this guy, so it sat, no one knew anything about it. It just, and you know, the, the guy at the beginning of the show talks about how he bought the movie on 35 millimeter, uh, hmm. on eBay or someplace like that for like $40 Wow! and showed it at, showed it at the Alamo and people went crazy. And, um, <laughs> okay. Uh, it's it's and so then of course this it's like a little documentary about the guy who made the film and who he is now and you know why he made the film and and um just a, a, the story of the film is just as cool and interesting as the movie itself this grandmaster okay. yk kim is mm-hmm. now a a a martial arts expert that thousands of people go to for training and follow hmm. him and he's a like like a motivational speaker and you know people just really buy into his whole you know his whole thing is and you know he's helped drug addicts and and people oh. who were uh, alcoholics you know recover and 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 using t- using taekwondo and and kind of motivational uh teaching like a a power of positive thinking guy and Um, it's so he's a and it all it it all started with the miami connection that's how he he got famous and then his uh, popularity as a martial arts instructor grew from that no Okay. He he already was a martial arts instructor. He already okay. was this guy. All right. He spent over a million dollars of his own money to make this movie. Oh. This movie did. This wow. movie completely bombed and did nothing. Oh. And sat a, mm. around for thirty five years until mm-hmm. someone at the Alamo bought a copy of it and screened it, and people went crazy. And in that thirty five years time, he has grown his his brand as a motivational guy and and martial arts master to, okay. to the point where no one who who follows him now really knew anything at all about the movie because it it made no impression at all when it was originally released okay all right um, i see and i i it's a it's a really compelling and interesting story and and it's they really jam pack a lot of information in this half hour documentary about mm-hmm. him and it, you know, and of course, it makes you want to see the movie immediately. You're just like, "Oh my god, I yeah. have to see this movie!" It looks well, it awesome. looks great and and crazy. Yeah. So, what's the so name? What's I the think, name of the series that uh, does the, these little mini documentaries? Then it's called Outsider. Outsider. And okay. so, so they're yeah they're going to talk a lot about obscure movies and the people who make them. I think it, it you know, and there'll be a few episodes about that. Well, that sounds um, sounds pretty interesting to me. Hmm. Yeah, I'm already in. So um, and, it, and it's on and then on Vice on of, Vice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I. You know, the bad thing is immediately you want to see Miami Connection. <laughs> you just, uh, I wish they okay. could run it as a <laughs> as a double feature somehow because it's you definitely want to see the mo- movie. Excuse me. When uh, I wonder if it's available on demand anywhere on Netflix or something. I don't know. I wonder. Uh, yeah, hmm. I, I am, and I presume. You can get it on DVD somewhere, but I I probably don't know. one maybe yeah. who knows. That's the other. Uh, yeah, the other thing that's that's kind of they talk about when the Alamo started showing it, and then the Alamo showed it, and they 
and this is all in Austin, the Alamo in Austin, showed the movie. It got really popular as a midnight screening, and, wow. and then they invited invited Grandmaster YK Kim and then a bunch of his friends who were in the movie uh, to come, and they actually uh, kind of lip sang one of the songs. The, <laughs> they have a band called. They have a band called. Oh, I wish I could remember. I think it's Dragon Sound, and okay. and the the songs are like. The songs are like Taekwondo. Yeah, we're going to do it all. You know, I mean, it's just I mean, they're just so bad. They're good. And they so they right. sang or maybe even performed one of the songs. And oh, that's they, hilarious. you know, and here's this. Yeah. This guy who thought he had he was kind of embarrassed that he had made this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 35 years later. It's having its heyday. Right. And, and being acclaimed. So. Yeah, it's really cool. Wow, how I wonder how old his grandmaster is now. He's definitely in his fifties, because um, the movie's about thirty-five years old, and he's he's young when he made the movie, but he's probably okay. between twenty and twenty-five. So oh, he's between. Right. 50, I think he's fifty to sixty, somewhere around there. Okay, but yeah. Yeah, I was assuming he was like fifty or sixty when they made the the movie, and now he's like ancient. Yeah, no, he, yeah, you know, it's funny because they show. Of course, he's the, one of the main characters in the movie, and they sh- they show clips from the movie, and he looks very young. So, mm, okay, it, it, it's kind of cool. All right. Um, so I'll, I don't know if you get a you'll get a chance to watch any more of those. I'll try and let you know what the second one's about to see if it continues okay. to be as good. But it's it certainly looks interesting. I think yeah. it's a great idea for a show. That's uh, definitely piqued my curiosity. Yeah, and it was cool. neat that I wasn't expecting it, but it had an Austin connection as well. So that was cool. Yeah, that definitely adds some interest for me. You know, seeing that the Alamo was was involved in the resurgence of this this, this movie. So. Cool. Yeah, it's neat. Uh, can't wait. Okay. I really want to see the movie, too. Okay. All right. Anyway, Bates Motel, we should get on to because we've missed yeah. two, It's been two episodes of that. Did you watch last night's? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, that was, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that, was the, that was a big, big, crazy episode, man. A lot of shit. A lot so... of shit came down, you know? Damn. So crazy, so mm-hmm. interesting. Um, well, like... we should talk about the first, the okay. first episode. That that was the episode um, where um, Caleb was buried at sea. Oh my goodness! <laughs> wow, Chick. When Chick puts on a show, he puts on a show. <laughs> wow, he gave Caleb a full Viking funeral. How amazing yeah, is that? I love Chick. He is so insane and so lovable. <laughs> Chick is so crazy and so lovable. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, wow. I, you know, who would expect that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, he's really an interesting character. And he totally wasn't in the last episode at all, which was like, where's Chick? Um, but right. Norman kicks him out. So, well, yeah, Ch- Chick, is, living- Chick is in a dilapidated uh, uh, building with his uh, Underwood Camper. typewriter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Knocking out his novel, but it's um, uh, it's bigger yeah. it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. <laughs> that's true. Kind of like that's the true. TARDIS, but anyway, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> right? Different, different, different uh, series. Yeah, um, exactly. 
And then I guess, um, I guess, um, no, White Pines is the name of the town in the show. I guess White Pines has a new uh, female sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. There's a new female sheriff in town. Yes. Um, At first, she almost reminded me of the uh, sheriff from Fargo. At first, though, she didn't have an accent like that, but it was like a little reminiscent to me. It was. You're right. I didn't even think about that. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- that episode was directed by the guy who plays Dylan, um, Max. I think his name is Ther- pronounced Thero. Max Thero. Yeah. Thero. Right. Yeah. He uh-huh. actually directed that episode. Um, so I thought that was really cool that he got a chance to direct and, and um, do his dad, his his on-screen dad's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> And then um, there were a couple of, and I noticed too, there were a couple of homages to shots from the original movie. Like there was a, the thing where the sheriff wants to look at the, at the register and. Uh, yeah. Okay. And it, it's shot from underneath where you look up and see um, Norman kind of looking over at what she's looking at or whatever. Anyway, there's just a couple, couple of homages to the original movie, I thought. Okay, and then and then I didn't then the crazy, I didn't yeah I didn't snap to that right away. So there's uh, only there's only a mm-hmm. couple smile small ones. Um, okay, and, and then there was the crazy scene where Norman gives the dress to the the girl who runs a hardware store. His gives one of Norma's dresses to her, <laughs> and she and she she puts it on, and then they kiss. I'm like, what's going on in this show? <laughs> Oh, okay. Wait a minute. All right. Wait. Didn't the kiss happen much later? No, she's still wearing Norman Norma's dress when he kisses her. Yes, she wears it when he. Okay. Yeah, she invites him over to the house for dinner. Isn't that right? Yeah. And then yes. Yeah, and she's wearing the dress, and then they have dinner and start talking, and then they kind of kiss. And I'm like, dude, you're kissing a woman who looks like your mom in one of your mom's dresses. As if, and then, and then, just when you thought that was, mm-hmm. just when you thought that was the weirdest fucking thing that could happen, then the <laughs> next episode happened. <laughs> well, that's true, but but don't don't forget about you know in that episode when he's kissing her, then he all of a sudden he he has a flash of seeing his mother, and then all these visions of you know uh, hardware. What's her name? The hardware hardware store woman. Yeah, I can't remember what her and name it, is. Well, either. he has visions of her with a slit throat and shit, and you're like, oh my god. And I'm like, yeah. And then he runs out, and then you're like, oh, thank goodness, man. That was that was a close one. Anyway, yeah, you, yeah, you thought for sure she was gonna die. Yeah. All right, but then, um, then yes, on to the latest episode. Oh my goodness, that was so, bizarre, so, yeah, and amazing, craziness. Mm-hmm. And that episode's directed by the guy who plays Alex. Really, I can't think of his real name. His real name is Nestor Carbonell or something like that. Right, yeah. the ex, his, the ex sheriff, now escaped convict. <laughs> yeah, Alex. yeah. No one knows where he is right now. Yeah, fixing well, himself up. Yeah, with, he's with it, bullet wounds. Uh, yeah, fixing himself up. Did he was Did he go to his sister's house? It seemed like it was his sister that he ended up going to, and she she brought him into the house. Oh, well, that's right. I forgot about that that's right yeah right so yeah so he's he's recovering i'm sure right so he'll 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 be out of the picture for a a couple of episodes yeah maybe long enough to direct this episode yeah right oh there you go that's it yeah they gave him ample opportunity recover and direct (laughs) right so to speak well yeah yeah you know he, he can't really it's hard enough to direct without having to be in the 
episode you're directing. <laughs> right. Uh, and and this episode was so crazy that you, you yeah. needed a director with this full attention because mm-hmm. it got weird. You thought it was weird. It got weird. The it did. Whole, I mean, well, I mean, from um, the very beginning, the, it was weird. I mean, Norman wakes up, he goes and he, he throws up. And then he's looking in the mirror, and he's got bruises on his body. I'm like, holy shit. It, he, what what went he down? He takes off his shirt. Yeah, he takes <laughs> right. off his shirt. I noticed that right now. And oh. then he's got more. Of course you did. They're not really bruises. They're more like, yeah. They're more like, oh, God. There there were so many times in this last episode where I just was like, oh, my God, Freddie Highmore, you are so gorgeous. <laughs> he's just, I mean, he's, when he's sitting there talking to the psychiatrist, and there's just a close-up on his face, and I'm like, my God, how beautiful is this boy? But, um, <laughs> oh, okay. He I, had, yeah, I don't know if they were. Uh, he had hand. He had, definitely had red marks. He had yeah. handprints on his shoulders. <laughs> he had sex marks for sure. Okay. It was definitely sex marks. All right, marks. Yeah. right, exactly. And Abrasions. You're like. Uh-huh. You're like yeah, and you're like, what? What the? You know, of course, the your immediate thing is like, what the fuck is that? What is? What right. would that be? Exactly. What happened? Mm-hmm. And and then you know he calls the bar looking for the keys, and they talk about Norma had, was was there last night, and you're like, okay, Norma can have been there last night mm-hmm. because Norma doesn't exist unless there's another woman that just happens to be named Norma that goes <laughs> to that bar. Right. Or Freddie Highmore went there as Norma. Yeah. No, that couldn't be it. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> that's exactly it. It's, yeah, oh. when he goes back to uh, retrieve the keys and the bartender obviously recognizes him and is yes. wondering why you you know, Norman yeah, is doing not okay? snapping too. You know, it's like, wow. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Oh, man, that was mm-hmm. so, I mean, that was just so, of course, I loved it. I just when the guy goes in the bathroom after him and tries to kiss him and you're like right <laughs> Norman what have you done I was like yep it went down it went down that it it is what we think it is yeah right of course like um, which, I, you know yeah well yeah when he right after he retrieved his car and he found the lingerie in the back seat I'm like oh boy yeah. somebody was playing dress up yeah, I was just like, wow, you know, this this series isn't afraid to go where you think, you know, I mean, it's daring and crazy. Very. You wonder if it's really going to go to that area and then that's where it goes. And you're like, yes, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it absolutely it's so, did. Mm-hmm. It's so daring and dark, you know, and and so willing to go places that that I, I couldn't I really honestly almost couldn't believe it when they, they was like yes they're saying that Freddie that Norman dressed up like Norma thought he was Norma went to a bar picked up a man and had sex with him in the car and mm. wow <laughs> yeah mind you know? completely blown but I mean it makes yeah it makes perfect sense I mean you know uh, you know N- Norma was a very sexual woman, so if he's completely channeling Norma, then why wouldn't that happen? You know, with right, yeah, well, yeah, and you know, so many shows that have that have things like that where you know, so many shows would cop out, and and mm, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, cert, cert, certainly um, Bates Motel didn't go the full we're going to show a making out in the car kind of thing, right? But it d- definitely implied enough and went far enough, well, much further than any other TV show would really go. Yeah, they did show some. You know, snippet type flashbacks of 
somebody making out in the car, if as right, you recall. Which can, yeah, there were like, you know, f- right. you know, tenth of a second flashes of, of, of very sexual images for sure. So Right, yeah. which of course is what Norman is kind of remembering. He's remembering bits and pieces. So mm-hmm. that you know, that just goes to make sense. I right. mean, and it all goes exactly. back to the thing where Norman uh talks to the, his ex psychiatrist and, and right. remember remembers that the psychiatrist is, has told him that you black out at times and mm-hmm. you think you are your mother or I can't remember how he says it but yeah. sometimes you think you are her or something right he actually starting yeah. to- he actually gets norman to to remember that that's what they had talked about and so norman even says that right yeah that he, he's mm-hmm. starting to realize what's really going on because mm-hmm. up until this point he is separated in in his mind as a blackout and and with no recollection that he is sometimes yeah norma i think he i think he's kind of realized that he imagines her being there and talking to him mm-hmm. but he never i don't think he realized that some that that sometimes that goes even further and he acts like her which is you know and, and dresses yeah. like her which is oh and that's what the other thing was he goes he goes to what what must be the coolest gay bar ever <laughs> where you can just where you could just put on a dress and a wig and come in and say your name is norma and everyone's cool with it <laughs> right i mean it's like that's that's pretty amazing you're just you know picking a random bar that happens to be completely okay with anything you want to do so well, there you go right yeah right? So, so yeah, so I mean, but uh, you know, and you and then you're not even you know that you see some guys talking to each other, but you don't see mm-hmm. anything that overtly implies it's a gay bar. Yeah, you just kind of assume it's either a gay a gay bar or a very cool bar where nobody cares. Which there, I've you know I've been to those too. You there, know, there was there was someone when Norman came back to the bar the second time, and someone walked up to him and talked to him, and I thought that looks like a uh, you know a man in drag or a, a transsexual. Uh, or something. Do you remember hmm. that? Yeah, there. It was like no, a, it I was like an old to that. It was kind of like somebody maybe in their you know their fifties or so, kind of short that walked up to Norman and hmm. said something. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see. There's a little, maybe little more yeah, insight maybe it's a drag into this drag queen bar, <laughs> right? Or drag queens are welcome, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's you know, bring your favorite and, wig. And, you know. Right. I don't know if you've ever been, but there you can go sometimes to like sometimes in just the randomest. I mean, we're in Texas, you know, yeah. I've been to the randomest kind of gay bar in the middle of nowhere uh-huh. many times where someone just said, oh, have you ever been to this place? I'm like, no, never heard of it. Oh, yeah, it's out in some little podunk town and it's the bar. It's the gay bar. And you go hmm. there and it's like, what is this gay bar doing in the middle of podunk? You know, wow. yeah. And, uh, you know, so there, you know, uh, there's still places where it's kind of not not hidden, but where it's kind of like, you know, a place like that bar, you know, where it's just like, yeah, it's the well-known bar in town that nobody really says out loud. This is the bar where the drag queens go, or, <laughs> right? Where transvestites go, but every everyone kind of knows it. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, really interesting. Yeah. And then now, now going go going back to mm-hmm. his discussion with his ex uh, psychiatrist, you know, a- mm-hmm. after, after that scene, you know, Norma just kind of like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want your help anymore, and he runs out. I'm like, wow, that was like Norman's last chance to maybe <laughs> recover. To you know, that you're right to maybe I mean, help was, himself. Yeah, it was like it was. It, it's all. It's all. It's all done at that point. Of course. Obviously, it's going to be that way. 
because it wouldn't right, be a very yeah, exciting he's... story if all of a sudden Norman is in recovery. <laughs> Norman, Norman got well. Yeah, nobody wants to yeah. see the show where that ends with Norman getting well. Well, yeah. no, it's, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> wow, A&E, you really threw yeah. me for a loop on that one. There would I watched be... five seasons and fucking Norman got well. There would be, there'd be some pissed off fans, I'm telling you. There definitely would be. I mean, at least it would be unique and different, but... Oh, oh yeah. God, that's yeah. funny. It'd be a riot. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. That'd be the greatest practical joke in a long time. Right. Um, oh, now... Anyway. And also, you know, Norman reveals to uh, a hardware girl... <laughs> I that, think is her name Madeline. Yes, he, he reveals to Madeline, Madeline that yeah, her husband. He saw her husband at the motel oh, right. with another right. woman. So that's a big reveal. Right. And then of course, what's the other reveal between uh, uh, Dylan and Rebecca? Do you remember? Uh, Emma, Emma, Emma. Emma, excuse me, Rebecca. R- Dylan and Emma. D- Dylan yeah. and Emma. Oh yeah. yeah. He finally yeah, reveals to her, yeah, that um that he thinks Norman is a killer. Right. Yeah. And that very That's likely, and that very likely, he killed Emma's mother. Right. But yeah. He's, he's not yeah. sure, which but is he yeah. suspects. Right. And it's great because she, the girl who plays Emma, is really good, I think, and she reacts yeah. exactly like you would expect her to. Like, really? No. Really? No. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, that was really interesting. I I like both of those characters. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering too. Yeah, because obviously, you know, she gets on the internet and sees that Norma has died. Yes. And obviously, um, in the previews for the next episode, she's told Dylan that, and he's he's like he's calling Norman. Why haven't you told me? And mm-hmm. uh, so I wonder if Dylan is going to come and be. Part of what goes on, you know, when when the whole Marion Crane thing comes right. to a head or, you know, I, I just wonder where he what his part in this is going to be. Yeah. Um, so spe- that will be interesting to see where how that develops. Right. Now, speaking of Marion Crane, we finally got to see a, a good segment of an episode devoted to Marion Crane. Yeah, she was. So there, I guess there are people online who hate the fact that it's Rihanna playing this part. I guess there's a lot of internet people who are fans of the show think, and I think to a certain degree it is kind of stunt casting. Well, but, maybe, but I mean, it seemed like she did a, a a decent job in you know the the segment yeah, that we I saw have, her. I have no in. problems. Yeah, with it. that was great. Yeah. I, mean, you know, I have no problems with her. Sure, and we, now that we know that you know well, she's she's the one having an affair with Sam Loomis once and for all, right? Right. The scenes where her and Sam Loomis are in Seattle mm-hmm. are, um, uh, you know, definitely homages to the original film. And then, yeah, there were many more kind of homages to the film. I mean, certainly they're using the plot from the film where Marion gets. Uh, money is left in her con- not control, but her care. Yeah. Yes, what the is money the is left in her care. Yeah. She's supposed so, to take it to the bank. Anyway, and she decides not to. She doesn't. <laughs> she decides to take it. She gets in her car. She gets pulled over by a cop. 
Then yeah. later on, it's raining. All those things were very, very much uh, reminiscent of the original film. You know, mm-hmm. not necessarily shot for shot, but I no. mean, certainly similar things happen in the movie when Mary when Marion takes the money and then you know is driving in the rain. A cop pulls her over and talks to her, and she's kind of acts goofy, but goes on with life right and then of course she at the end she pulls up to uh it's motel and mm-hmm. and that's kind of where it ends. we're starting to see that convergence happening between yeah the uh, tv yeah. show and the film and uh another thing that i don't know if we talked about this before but the actor who plays sam loomis austin nichols do you recognize oh, him yeah. from something is he the guy who played the was he in um Walking Dead? Yeah, he he was Spencer on The Walking Dead, the guy who got gutted yeah. by Negan. It Yeah, it's that's taken, right. I totally did not snap to that. <laughs> I know it's taken me all this time to finally go, "Hey, hey, that's <laughs> yeah." And yeah. it is. Yeah, so that was kind of a funny thing. So I, I didn't I feel saw his name in the credits cuz I recognized mm-hmm. that ra- name. Right. So I didn't feel him feel so bad about him being killed off The Walking Dead. <laughs> right, he got another gig, right? Exactly. Well, right. I mean, it's definitely the series is coming to the end. It's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking online, and it looks like I think that was episode five. We've got five more episodes. Wow. Episode seven is written, but is uh, written by Freddie Highmore, and episode eight is directed by Freddie Highmore. So wow, that will be interesting to see too. <laughs> very, yeah. very indeed. Oh man, well. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what where this show winds up. It's it's it just every episode just kind of gets better and better. Yeah, it's, and it's it's gonna definitely. Get- Coming to a head. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's going to get crazy, man. Crazy. <laughs> Even more crazy. Blood. Mother, it's so blood. Funny. Oh, oh, mother, what have you done? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Such good. Yeah, well, that's, and that's the other thing. It's like, man, I really want to see Psycho again now because, yeah. you know, it's... Um, it's one of those shows, or it's one of the, those movies that I've seen many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, and I know most of it. But now you want to see the little things to see what they do, because there were so many. There were some shots in the in this last episode too that were so reminiscent of the film, and you you just mm-hmm. wanted to see. I my computer's freaking out. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I know. You I'm just so want to. You just want to see the original source <laughs> material again. Yeah. 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 Sorry. No, that's cool. Anyway. All right, man. Awesome. Hey, you want to... Okay, you want to do an uh, oblique strategy? No, but let's do one anyway. <laughs> really? <laughs> so let's do an oblique strategy. I think you might like it. I already pulled the card okay. out. Okay. It says, All right. in total darkness or in a very large room... Very quietly. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. In total darkness. So in total darkness or Or in a very very, large room. mm -hmm. Very quietly. And then very quietly. Yes. All right, then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what any of that means. I don't know. I don't know how I'm... Um, how I'm supposed to apply that to my life in any way. I know. 
that solves zero problems for me, man. No. That zero problems. I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to throw this out to our listeners to 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 interpret this for us. So yes, if that means anything to you, let us know. All right, go to our Facebook page and comment. It's a slippery slope on yes, Facebook. Yes, or you can email us slope at ltvpod.com. Tell us what you yeah. think, please. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, I, th- I think we're good, man. Uh, yeah, we're, we're good episode. About two and a half hours here. Yeah, it was fun. It was good uh, talking to you again. All right, well, let's... Well, let's... I will see you tomorrow, man. Oh, that's right. We're going to Brian Ferry. It's Brian Ferry Day. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. So let me entreat our <laughs> listeners to slide in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. Lodger still doesn't have a catchphrase. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All, All right, right, man. Have a good night. <laughs>